guys, this is Leva Bates. You might also know me as Blue Pants. You might also know me as the Queen of Cosplay. You might also know me as the girl who just kicked your butt. And this is a whole reffin' show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reffin' show. Hello, everybody! Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole ref and show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. Darren, welcome back to the 93rd installment, or as I like to say, anniversary of the whole ref and show. 93 years strong, Darren. Well, thank you for my welcome, and let me welcome you. Aw, thank you. No one ever welcomes me. I feel very unwelcome on my own show. Why would you? Why would you? Because no one ever welcomes me. I do all the time. Well, welcome back, Cotter. And welcome back, hashtag dear listeners, to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle of the whole ref and show, baby. It's a good one, too, folks. we got some headlines coming at you. Uh, of course, everyone's abuzz, the wrestling world's abuzz, about uh, Hulk Hogan coming back to the WWE Hall of Fame. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Also, huge, huge spoiler slash update in the world of NXT. Uh, Spoilers for this thing are all over the place. I won't even say what it is, and I'll warn you when the spoiler takes place later on, but it's big. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Make sure we include some spoiler alerts because uh, we weren't so lucky. It was, uh, it's like, it's spoiled. It's like, Milk that was left out too long. I I poured a nice big bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and I was like, mmm, this is going to taste so good. And I grabbed the jug of milk out of my fridge. It had been there a little while, but not too long, right? And I opened the cap, untwisted the cap, put it on the counter, and I tilted that jug toward my cereal, and just clumps, clumps came out because the milk was so spoiled. And this is a huge spoiler, folks, just like that milk. (laughs) Right. You twisted the cap off and out came some WWE news you weren't prepared for. Exactly. Precisely. Uh, So we're going to talk about that, of course. Also, big weekend this weekend for Fest Wrestling. And Darren and I, we are huge fans of Fest Wrestling. At this point, who is not a huge fan of Fest Wrestling? If you're not, you're a butthead. It's the hottest indie promotion uh, this side of the Mississippi, or any side of the Mississippi for that matter. You know, there's only two sides to the Mississippi. Is there not a top and a bottom, too? Nope. Okay. <laughs> not in this country, there's not. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk Fest Wrestling Xmas in July 2, Christmas in July 2. Uh, we're not going to do it alone either. We have our good friend Rich Bokini, who will be on the show later on. And also, we're going to hear from the Fest Wrestling champion himself, Effie, has returned to the show as well. Looking forward to talking to both those fine young gentlemen. Yeah, uh, hopefully Rich will call in in a minute. I, we've already got Effie on hold, and so hopefully we won't leave him on there for too long. Yeah, yeah, I feel really bad about that, but hey, the show must go on. I think Effie understands that. Uh, if not, he can talk to his agent, of course. We all know about Effie and his agent. Yes, we do. And of course, WWE had their little show, their PPV slash network exclusive Extreme Rules, and uh, were they still trying to figure out uh, what the extreme means? <laughs> Eh. Yeah. yeah, you know who figured it out, and they figured it out a really long time ago, and it was those ruffians up in Barbed Wire City. 
you know, Paul Heyman and friends. I'm talking about extreme championship wrestling. Ah, yes, the ECW folks. That's where the extreme comes from. Hey, they are gone, but not forgotten. Never forgotten. I mean, well, some of them are, but... The most of them are still alive. They're just not wrestling. There will always be punks like us that will just rub that right in your face if you if you, you forgot. You thought it was safe? Onyx hit you in the face. Anyone? Exactly. Slam? Da-da-da? Da-da-da? Let the boys Let be boys? Let the boys be boys. <laughs> well, that is a throwback for sure. Pun- punks like us. Was that the sequel to uh, Spies Like Us? <laughs> Starring... Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. Yes. Wow, another throwback to Spies Like Us. An unsung hero, and I actually watched that movie only about a week ago. Uh, Wait, what what, what do you mean another throwback to Spies Like Us? Did we already make a Spies Like Us? No, 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 another throwback from from Onyx, Ah. the, the rap... The, the hardcore rap group Onyx and now Spies Like Us starring Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. Well, so far we have referenced um, a, a 70s sitcom with Gabe Kaplan. Right. Welcome back, Connor. A, uh, a uh, 90s rap rock group and uh, an 80s uh, comedy. Right. So if, nothing, if we're nothing, we are timely. <laughs> You're going to hear about all these things on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole ref and show, folks. But before we get into all that good stuff, we have to start at the beginning. we got to start with them. Headlines. Darren, Hulk Hogan has made his way... Yeesh. Can I break out the yeesh? You can break out the yeesh. Uh, has made his way back into the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, it's a tricky situation. I mean, for a lot of people, it's not a tricky situation. You're no. you're either really for it or really against it. So there are no shades of gray in this one. We like to look at everything. We like to look at everything in shades of gray because we're the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole wrestling show. So. Would you say there are how many? But if you had to, if you had to put a number on it, if you if you had to, to say how many shades of gray it was, could you could you reckon a number? Five or six, maybe. I don't know, maybe fifty. Fifty-six, I maybe. Uh-huh. No, I might say fifty shades of gray. Oh, okay. Well, referencing something fairly new, <laughs> I'm not going to count that one in our reference, uh, our refedex. But that Dakota Johnson, though. Oh, okay, sure. I didn't watch the movie uh, because... I didn't either, but that Dakota Johnson, though. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, Hulk Hogan's back in. Now, no one's disputing the contributions that Hulk Hogan has made over the years to the world of wrestling. Hulk Hogan put wrestling on the map. Uh, for that alone, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Of course, Hulk Hogan, the person... Okay, look at it this way. Hulk Hogan is in the Hall of Fame. Terry Bollea, however, is not in the Hall of Fame. See, the, the problem is, with that statement alone, you're immediately diving in to the heart of that in, that whole Gawker case. Right. Which, so, you know, the Gawker case, the, the Hall of Fame boot, the Hall of Fame reinstatement. Right. All of this surrounds the stupid sex tape of Hulk Hogan sleeping with the wife of radio personality Bubba the Love Sponge. (laughs) This consensual affair between Mrs. 
Sponge and the the Hulkster, and apparently there's there's some sex, but it's like there's far more of Hulk Hogan just ranting about a bunch of BS. And I, I like what you said. There's no denying. There is no denying the contributions Hulk Hogan made to professional wrestling. There's also no denying the nastiness and the just uncalled for discrimination and prejudice that is involved in the statements he makes on said tape. Absolutely. So the the reality is that nothing is obscured here. Nothing is deniable. Uh, All of the good and all of the bad about Hulk Hogan is, is literally on tape. Right. All of his good moments and at least some of his bad moments are on tape. There is proof of him entertaining millions. There's proof of him being a world champion, proof of him being an international superstar. There's also proof of him being a racist or at least making a racist statement. Right. Now, do I believe that anyone who has ever made a racist statement or even a handful is inherently racist to their core and uh, prejudice and discriminating and racist all day, every day. No, I don't think so. But, uh, like you said, there's nothing in it. There's nothing about Hulk Hogan here. That's, that's debatable. The good is the good. The bad is the bad. One does not excuse the other. Uh, I mean the good, I guess what I'm saying is the good does not excuse the bad. Does the bad taint the good? Yeah, probably. Because you don't want to believe that the the real American and the childhood idol to to millions upon millions is racist. That that's that's heartbreaking on many levels, and there's no reason for me to break down every level in which that's disappointing. It's obvious. Right, absolutely. Um, but I mean it's it's just it's a tricky situation because because he is Hulk Hogan, it's it's like they can't they basically I hate to I hate this is a term but you, you wrestling fans will know what this means they basically Benoit Hogan over the last couple of years and just basically said oh he never existed so anyway uh, like here's our here's a montage of all of our champions and Hogan's not in there Benoit's not in there you know what I mean. And obviously this is very different. I mean, sadly, if you look at some of the folks in the WWE Hall of Fame, some of them have perpetrated some pretty gnarly crimes. I'm not going to go into it. Uh, If you want to look up Steve Austin's arrest record, you can. Or Jimmy Snuka's legal troubles, you can. Um, Not to mention all the rumors and stuff, which if any of them are true, then there are some horrible people, uh, you know, formerly and, and currently employed by WWE. Um, but that's neither here nor there. That's not what we're talking about. But I mean, but it should be. It, it, I mean, should, it should be. be yeah, <laughs> it should be part of the conversation, right? But because to to pretend Hulk Hogan's the only one who's ever done anything unsavory, and again, I I am in no way, no way, shape, or form, am I forgiving Hulk Hogan right. for what he said. He said it. He meant it. I don't even care if he said it in a moment of anger or passion or in the privacy of his own home. Although I do believe you are, you are, you know, in a free country, you, you not only should be allowed to say whatever you like, as long as it's not 
harmful, but certainly within the privacy of your own home. But I mean, it is it hate speech? Uh, yeah. Is it violent speech? I don't necessarily think so. But I mean, you know, it, it's it's not forgivable. That's the one thing it is. You, you right. start splitting hairs here, and that's been the problem all along. Is splitting it. Those who want to attack him and those who want to defend him, they're all splitting hairs. And we opened up this conversation by saying there's no reason to split hairs. Everything's laid out. Everything's on tape. Everything is a matter of public record at this point, especially after that Gawker lawsuit. I I think the thing is, though, when it comes to Hogan coming back into the, the Hall of Fame, I mean, you can't just say one blanketed statement. And it basically applies to everyone's thoughts in the matter and their thoughts on Hulk Hogan, the person, or Terry Bollea, the per- person, if you assume they're two people. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's basically up to every individual to decide for themselves what Hulk Hogan means to the sport, what, you know, what kind of person Hulk Hogan is in real life, and all that. So that's up for you to decide, hashtag dear listeners. But, like it or not, he is back in the Hall of Fame and uh, some say he should be there, and some do not. You know who's going to weigh in heavily on uh, trying to help you decide is the WWE. All right. And, uh, you know, all the reports that came out that Hogan addressed the locker room or at least some contingent of the backstage um, gathering of wrestlers and uh, other WWE employees at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, uh, apparently... Uh, Part of the news that's come out in the last couple of days is that it was filmed and that they are likely WWE putting together one of their, whether it's the 24 specials or the uh, any of the various specials that they have on there now that's sort of hoping to film this special about the, the redemption of the Hulkster. And that's obviously going, them trying to definitely paint this. Right. Uh, uh, tell a very specific story and it will be up to all of us to make our decision on what that story uh, what value that story really has yeah i mean it's it's gonna be shit on no matter what just because it's hogan like you know hanging out with the new day and like laughing at their jokes and shaking their hands and going like i love black people you know what i mean <laughs> that, that, that's what it's going to be that that's what it'll look like no matter how sincere hogan is and i'm not saying he's insincere or that he is sincere, but I mean that, exactly. that, that, that's the picture they have to paint to make Hogan look better. But I mean, I, I know that there are some uh, uh, African American superstars who have uh, been pretty vocal about Hogan coming back. Some are okay with it, and some are not okay with it. I know, like Titus has said, like he has to. I'm open to him if he makes like a like a if he if he makes a big change or like you know shows that he's he can change. But I don't know what that means. How do how do you show someone that you are definitely not racist anymore? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, then that, that's the thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess it's another example of you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Hulk, it is. Hulk, no, I see what you're saying. I mean, on that on that sex tape, uh, you know, again, matter of public record. If you don't, if you want to defend Hogan. You can only defend him so far. All you have to do is watch that tape. There's no denying yeah. what he was doing, where he was, how he felt, and and how he explained how he felt. No one can defend that conversation. You, exactly. it, it's, it's undefendable. It happened, and it was appalling, and it was horrible. But, you know, like, was that just one really, really bad instance where he just had all this hate in him all of a sudden, 
and all this shit came out. So, I mean, you, you don't know. You don't know the person. But again, I can't. I'm not defending or not defending. I don't know the guy. But he's back in the Hall of Fame, Derek. <laughs> That's is, all that I do know. He's back in the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sure uh, we can, you can bet your bottom dollar we're going to see a network special about the redemption of Hulk Hogan. And likely, un- unless this all blows up in their face, we are likely to see a few more big, big deals with Hulk Hogan. It will probably start popping up at WrestleMania again, uh, maybe appear on Raw once or twice a year. He'll become a fixture again. Yeah, you'll, um, you'll definitely see him around. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, so that news is all over the place. Uh, also, some news, unfortunately, all over the place right now. Because it ruins some NXT TV, and folks, if you don't like spoilers on NXT, or in general, you might want to go ahead and skip ahead uh, maybe like five or ten minutes, because, for those who are still with us, uh, there was a huge title change in NXT, uh, their, their tapings over in Full Sail in Orlando, uh, Aleister Black no longer NXT champion, he lost to Tomasa Champa, who is now your NXT champion. And we are not and never have been in the business of spoilers. No, no. Not the, we are not, uh, we are not the, the Twitter fiends yeah. uh, that try to get a scoop on uh, absolutely every little bit of, of, of wrestle news. No, we save it here uh, on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, where we are the, uh, the dual monarchs of hashtag wrestle news and wrestle views, not. Hashtag wrestling spoilers. No, <laughs> this one we decided to go ahead and speak about because we thought if we waited till next week, we would miss the bus here. And this is a momentous enough piece of news that on one hand, I understand how and why it got spoiled so quickly. Uh, on the other hand, why did people feel the need to do that? Because, uh, and, then, and, then, and then the even worse problem is WWE not ever to be outdone, even by their own fans, of course, once they saw how big a deal uh, the, the spoilers on this were, went ahead and put it on the, the, the main page of WWE.com. So we really aren't spoiling. And if, if, if you're the kind of person who's listening to this podcast, you have seen this headline. Uh, or you've had the opportunity to, and it's a miracle you didn't. But whoa, I mean, just let's, briefly, let's talk about. It. We don't know about it. We didn't. I haven't seen it ourselves, and we won't until reportedly next Wednesday is when we will see it uh, on NXT TV. But I mean, this is uh, this is a surprise to me. I wouldn't have thought this would happen. It's a big deal, um, and I know that this means that it's going to become Champa and Gargano, and now the NXT title is involved. To me, he should have waited to have Gargano and Champa until... Gargano should have beaten almost for the championship. You won't get a better NXT championship match than that fucking match. It was an awesome match. Gargano should have won. And then you could have started your feud with Champa. You know, all due respect to Aleister Black. He could have been champion a little bit later on. But now, Aleister Black, who, ha- who hasn't been in the main event of NXT, even though he's been the NXT champion for the last couple shows... Um, <laughs> Champa and Gargano have already, so you would already think they were someone was champion out of those two. Um, and and now Alistair Black's going to get swallowed up by this whole Champa uh, Johnny Gargano feud, and that sucks for Alistair Black because uh, he deserves better than that. So that's what I don't like about this. 
I also don't like that NXT tapings can't be spoiled like this. Why would you have something this big happen on just a taping? Because no one's going to be able to live in that moment and see it organically happen unless you were there at Full Sail, which seats like all of 200 people. So good luck. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pissed about all that stuff. And uh, beyond that, I'm sure it was a great they're, they're match. Like the I'm sure 200 people. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure it was a great match, and, and I'm looking forward to actually watching it happen. Oh, I am too. I, I, I'm stoked to see it. Um, and I like it. I like the result. Where does it go from here? Yeah, it's likely to be a part of this Champa Gargano feud. I hope that Alistair Black can find his way into it. I don't know what he does. We it's it's rare that we see an ex NXT champion stick around. Right. We 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 really have not gotten that opportunity. It is like it it has proven to be a fail-safe springboard to the main roster. <laughs> right. So, I mean, should we expect Aleister Black on, on Raw in, like, three or four weeks? I don't think so. I really think we're going to get to see our first post-title run, like, serious long run after holding the title out of Aleister Black. It'll be interesting. Well, a lot of speculation there, of course. We can only assume what's going to happen in the future of WWE and NXT. However... Speculating is what we do best here on the whole reference show. We love to speculate about Fest Wrestling, folks, which, again, is this weekend. Xmas in July, Christmas July, too. Uh, we're going to speculate all about it with a good friend of ours, Rich Bokini. Sound fun? Uh, are you asking me or are you asking our dear listeners? I'm asking everyone who's listening to me. Well, on behalf of everyone, I will say yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hashtag dear listeners all, it's Fest Wrestling Weekend again. Fest family, come out to Christmas in July 2. It's the second Christmas in July from Fest Wrestling, Saturday the 21st of July 2018 from beautiful Hogtown, that's right, Gainesville, Florida, North Central Florida, Fest Wrestling is back. I can't believe it's back. It seems like it's the longest two months ever. And I want to talk about it. And of course, I'm going to be joined by... By myself. Waiting for Xmas in July is almost like waiting for the real Christmas. Seems like it's never going to get here. By myself. By yourself. Who are you? Oh. Well, I mean, I've been on the... I, it's not like like this is a new segment, but it's not like we left and we went somewhere and now who knows who Darren's okay. with. So I'm I'm obviously you. still here, yeah. But also we have our special guest who we love to have around for our fest preview shows. You know him as the voice of fest wrestling, the one, the only Rich Bokini. Hello. Yay! There's Rich. I was thinking I was thinking the same thing when you were starting the show. Neither of you really introduced yourselves. <laughs> and I was, I was thinking, okay, like, no, because if we, I don't. We, if I was listening for the first time, I wouldn't know. I, I don't know who you guys are. What, but well, we. <laughs> I'm what, what do you know about wrestling podcasts, anyway, Rich? Happy to be here. Oh, thank well, you, thank you. Okay, well, okay, Rich. I mean, not to you know, you know, not to let you down, but this isn't the this isn't the opening of the show. This is the middle of the show. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> never mind. Rich, Rich Bokini, welcome to the middle of the whole. Oh, it's the middle of. It's, well, you see, the way you started there, it sounded like it was the beginning of the show. Okay. It sounded like the beginning of the show to me. 
It's just it's the beginning of the segment. It's the beginning of the no, segment. No, no, no. Beginning of the segment. We we have segments here on the whole ref and show. The only wrestling wow. podcast that calls it right down the middle, Rich. Uh, ma- ma- I don't know how you do things on the JJ Dillon show or MLW Radio, but here we segment. I'm not doing MLW Radio now. Oh oh. I know how he does. Conan and it's Conan MSL and Court. The three amigos, the original three. What? Yeah, they're back. They're back doing the weekly show. Good for them, but bad for us. And of course, the JJ Dillon show. Uh, we've been on like every other week. We've been on that kind of a schedule here the last little bit. Well, hey, you're um, you're you're the third of our amigos right here. This is the new yeah, three amigos, right. baby. Three of us here is, uh, uh, yeah, I can see us all on Skype. Look at us. We, we, look, we look like a, a happy bunch. Oh, we're a happy bunch of of three amigos. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining us, folks, to the uh, <laughs> our Fest Wrestling preview show. We typically do these before every Fest Wrestling show. Uh, last time, we actually had uh, Max Gregg on the show, who is the counterpart to Rich Bokini. He does commentary for Fest Wrestling as well. It was great having him on. This time, we thought we'd go back with Rich. Uh, he was uh, generous enough with his time to actually come in and remind us how much we are not paying him uh, to do this bit. Uh, so, again, we do appreciate you, Rich. Thank you for stopping by. I never said that once. (laughs) (laughs) I know you said it twice. Fair enough. Well done. Well done. Uh, So yes, uh, Xmas in July too. It is the second uh, Christmas in July. I'm a little let down that Tony Weinbender did not call this X Xmas in July, indicating the second one. But that's okay. I'm not mad at him. Oh yeah, yeah. That have been pretty clever. But uh, a lot of uh, so action. Next, so that next year it could be triple Xmas. That's right, exactly. Think of all the extra, all the extra internet traffic when you <laughs> when you advertise. That's, for, that, that, that's it. That's a fair point. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying to help Tony out here. Uh, he won't listen to me, uh, and probably for a good reason. But uh, there are lots of awesome matches advertised for this show. A lot of great talent on the show. A typical fest wrestling show. Uh, because it's gonna it's gonna deliver it's gonna be great and we can't wait for it. A lot less wrestlers on the poster though. I want to point that out immediately. Typically, it is a pretty crowded poster. The fest wrestling poster. This one's a bit more, I'll say, concise. A bit more to the point. I don't know. It's a minimalist yeah. piece. It's a minimalist piece. There you go. You, th- you, you think you think about the old days of wrestling? What did you need? A ring and like eight guys, and you could have a show. Right. There you go. That's true. I think I. I think we're beyond that in 2018, but let's be honest. Tony would bring in 70, 80 guys, it felt like, sometimes. <laughs> like, holy shit, another tag match? So. And, and that, that's just for one match. <laughs> just for the yeah. tag team battle royal match. Right. We're, 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 we're doing a 20 versus 20 elimination style tornado tag team triple threat. Like, what? <laughs> Tony, what are you doing? I can't, but anyway, yeah, to your point. Right, yes, right. Uh, f- few, fewer fewer uh, faces on the card this time. Uh, absolutely, and some of those, uh, some of the, I don't want to say old faces because it makes me sound like I'm calling them old. I'm saying a lot of fest favorites involved in the show. Uh, familiar, familiar faces. Familiar faces. That's a much nicer uh, way to put it. Uh, and some new. In fact, the first match we're talking about is between Trip Cassidy and uh, Kevin Koo. Neither one of these guys, to my knowledge, have ever wrestled at Fest Wrestling, gentlemen. Uh, I I know the name Trip Cassidy. I'm pretty sure I've met and talked to him several times. I don't know that I've ever seen any of his work. And uh, Kevin Koo is a new name to me. So uh, I'm going to have to spend the next day or two doing a little, hopefully uh, find some some matches on YouTube maybe, get a little bit of insight on on these two guys. It should be fun seeing two, I guess for us, unknown guys that are going to try to go out there and 
make sure we know who they are next time. I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's exciting. That's always been one of my favorite parts about Fest Wrestling is that there are these new faces. I mean, hell, the very first time Perry and I ever went to a Fest Wrestling show, the first Pickle in the Tree, they were almost all new faces. I think we knew Effie barely, and you know we knew Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae. That was about it. So new faces are what makes uh, makes Fest really great. You want the familiar faces. You want the Fest family favorites. But the new faces... That's what makes each new show so exciting. If you're checking out Trip Cassidy, definitely check out his YouTube channel. You'll get to see some of his matches, uh, Rich. And also, you'll get to see some really creepy, really, really creepy promo videos. He's got one uh, called Run, Rabbit, Run, and one called Step Right Up. Because he's working kind of a carny gimmick, a clown gimmick. Of course, it's that nasty, murderous clown, Rob Zombie style, but... Uh, it's never the nice Bozo the Clown, like I actually enjoy helping kids out clown, is it? It's always the mean, murderous clown. It's always the clown in the blue van with the uh, with, with the balloons full of that, that mysterious gas that they would knock you out with. Remember being told that when you were kids? Look out for the blue van. Yeah. They have balloons, so they're gonna, they'll offer you candy and then uh, they, they have a balloon full of something and it knocks you out and they take you away. That's... I think probably I don't know how we all heard the same story. We all grew up in different places, right? No, oh, that, that story I, oh, gets I around. Being, we, yeah, we had a special guest speaker in the second grade who took us into a room we'd never been in, and it was like, "Aren't you just doing what you're about to tell us not to ever <laughs> not to do?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Trip Cassidy—that's what he looks like. He looks like he's going to uh, knock you out with some some gaseous balloons. He calls himself your imaginary friend, and I can't think of a creepier nickname than that. So uh, I'm anxious to see this guy. Kevin Koo, though, he really is kind of a mystery to me. I know he wrestles in uh, Crux Wrestling out of Tennessee and uh, Pro Wrestling Freedom out of Indiana. But other than that, if you look up Kevin Koo, uh, what Google will return is a lot about this uh, Dojo Pro wrestling oh okay yeah, yeah i've heard a little bit about that okay i just i heard about it maybe two weeks ago and uh it's on amazon you can stream the whole thing it's like a very very interesting tournament there's a lot of bit i know mjf is in it uh shane Sa- strickland sammy Guevara's in it too i think isn't he thought yeah. i got his name in there yeah and uh joy janela uh yep. kevin Koo. and apparently whoever ends up winning this dojo pro tournament Gets a shot at the Ring of Honor television title. Oh, oh cool. Wow. So that's kind of cool. That's so, big time, baby, big time. Yeah, so like, you know, I mean, these guys might be new to Fest, but they're not new to the indie scene. Uh, they're going to be new to my eyes, uh, so I'm excited to see them. <laughs> well, Rich will be there to get an eyeful as well, uh, and he'll learn all about Trip Cassidy and Kevin Koo, as will the Fest fans on attendance, of course. Uh, moving on, we got some action between C.J. O'Doyle and Ariel Monroe. Ariel Monroe, pretty been, been doing pretty great in Fest lately. She's been involved in quite a few matches. From someone who really wasn't involved at all, she seems like she's very quickly becoming a Fest favorite. Yeah, um, she'll be even more of a favorite if she can stop C.J. O'Doyle. Last time we saw C.J., he basically... Uh I came close to, I don't want to say killing Aria Blake. I don't want to over, you know, overstate something. But, I mean, you think about what CJ did to her. Like, was it a pile driver on the apron? 
Oh yeah. Fa- right. I mean, he basically he compacted her. Like she's probably five two. I think she's like four four eight. No kidding. After the match, like whatever he did, she's been out of action ever since. Right. No. I mean, uh, of You're course. You're supposed to laugh at that. That was that was like a, a an awful dad joke. No, he, <laughs> right? he, he did laugh. I'm sitting here. I'm, right. <laughs> Nothing. I'm setting you guys up to. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You, so, yeah, you, so, you... so so hopefully after nearly crippling Aria Blake last time out, uh, Ariel Monroe is able to to uh, to, to shut up CJ O'Doyle. Well, Seriously, it's, nothing. It's nothing it's, it's it's hard to laugh when you speak of the brutality against uh, the young, lovely, uh, very very small uh, Aria Blake. Of course, you're talking about the uh, pickle in the tree two match. Uh, it was a triple threat match between Saeed Al Sabah, CJ O'Doyle, and Arya Blake. And as soon as that bell rang, CJ O'Doyle just crushes Arya Blake, sending her out for sending her out for most of the match. And when she does get involved in the match again, CJ O'Doyle is just mercilessly beating on her. So no, that this is where all this began. Absolutely. Right. So uh, th- why aren't you laughing, Perry? That's hilarious. Oh, ha 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 ha. Is that better, Rich? Huh? <laughs> he, did you just say he beat her? I don't know why. Every time I hear that phrase, all I can hear is Saul Rosenberg. <laughs> oh, is that what he? Is that one of his go-to's? Never mind. No, the Jerky Boys. Oh, and he beat her. Murray beat me merciless. Oh, okay. I got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Never mind. <laughs> So yes, I'm, I'm sure Arya would love to see uh, uh, Ariel Monroe uh, take C.J. O'Doyle down. Yeah. Well, Ariel Monroe is definitely going to have the crowd behind her, not only because C.J. O'Doyle uh, is kind of a despicable fellow as far as the Fest audience is concerned, but also Ariel Monroe, despite being what I would still consider kind of a Fest newcomer, is on a hot streak. Like she, she came through the door on fire, and she has uh, really garnered a lot of fan support with the, with the Fest audience. Now, and, it t- tell me tell me if I'm wrong. I know for sure that she spent time in the Air Force, hence the name. Uh, but when you talk about learning Monroe? about professional wrestling and learning how to compete, she's her partner. Yeah, know. Cedric Alexander. Okay, good. All right. I didn't want to I didn't want to say in case it wasn't known, right? She's married. I believe she's married to Cedric. They actually who, yeah. Who better to learn from? Right. Oh, I, you're telling me. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, they uh I'm not sure how long they've been together. I don't know that that's public knowledge necessarily, but they had a rather public, at least on social media, wedding within the last two months. I think since right. the last fest show. Yeah, uh, I, I want to say I, I believe it was actually in Orlando, and I want to say it was on a Friday. I was talking to somebody about it, and uh, you first you think to yourself, "Who the hell gets married on a Friday?" And then you say, "Wrestlers get married on Fridays because they all have bookings <laughs> on Saturday and Sunday." <laughs> Right? Even taking Friday off, that's a stretch. Oh, wow. Yeah, seriously. Surprised they didn't get married on a Tuesday. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, their WWE's buddies couldn't work. Maybe a Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, Friday. So, anyway. But, yeah, so I think uh, it's going to be it's gonna be an interesting fight here. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know how to call it, but I'm, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Up next is the What's in the Box ladder match, a tag team four-way it's four tag teams, one ladder, one box. And what's in the box? <laughs> could be anything. You can't What could be say. in there? I don't know. We have we have no idea. We haven't been told. I, mean, I assume it's some sort of wondrous prize. Right. Uh, because otherwise, why would they want it? Why would these eight individuals want it? The, the four teams are the Carnies, Tech, 
Awaken, and Grits. Now, the Carnies we know we've seen before, Nick Iggy and Carrie Awful, Tech, of course, Big Mike Monroe, and Trevor Reed, and one can only hope their manager, Jim Sherbert. You you are the ultimate Jim Sherbert, Mark, and I don't think I don't think Tech ever appreciates that enough. That they, they should really seek you out they don't. and be like, this guy, this guy. Tech doesn't understand how much I like Jim Sherbert. <laughs> what? 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 Why are you such a uh, Why are you such a big uh, Jim Sherbert fan? Uh, well, never, first of all, first of all, he hasn't. He showed up. I think he was there last time, right? Yeah. Was he, he there was last there time? Last. And, he, and he wasn't there for like three shows before that. He just kind of comes and goes as he pleases. Well, you know, you know what, Rich? They say absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> oh, they do. In fact, I I think I was a one man social media revolution uh, with the hashtag Where's Jim Sherbear? because I actually became a bigger fan of his when I didn't see him. And uh, <laughs> so for all those shows he did not appear at, and he let uh, Monroe and Reed go out there without his managing expertise, there I was looking for Jim Sherbear. And I wear, hashtag Where's Jim Sherbear? And the, the, it's less successful, hashtag, there's Jim Sherbert, <laughs> when he finally reappeared. It's pretty good. I like that. That was good. Yeah, it was you, how, how long did you have to uh, think of that one? Take you um, one? That's not funny. Uh, <laughs> that's less funny than your uh, your, your uh, accordion, accordion neck-breaking joke. So, Awaken. Well, there's a big question mark with Awaken, because we, we now know, unfortunately, Wolf Taylor recently uh, did suffer an injury. Uh, he was injured very recently, so he will be out of action for this fest show. Uh, by the way, uh, you can buy some wonderful Wolf Taylor merchandise. Uh, look him up on social media, folks. Find Wolf Taylor and uh, buy some of his merch. Help him out with some of his hospital bills. He'd, he'd appreciate it. Uh, he's always nice to us in a mean yell at us kind of way uh but <laughs> but uh yeah we would we'll like to see him get better obviously and uh, help the guy out the best we can so yeah, spread the sure. word tell your friends uh so but that does leave leon scott in a uh, precarious situation and a bit of a pickle though this one is not in the tree um will, will leon scott lone wolf it will he call an audible and maybe he tap. Lone, a, he won't lone wolf Taylor in. He won't. He won't lone wolf. Or, or will he? I mean, we know that Wolf's hurt. Right. But I mean, he could climb a ladder. Oh. He could hop up a ladder. That's true. You, you can just throw Wolf Taylor at someone while he runs up the ladder very quickly. Uh, we, we we don't know what's going on there, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but also grits. Now we saw grits make their. Impacts rather their debut on the last Fest Wrestling show, really putting the screws to the Fest Wrestling uh, tag teams, uh, including the Ugly Ducklings, who are not on this show. They might be afraid of grits. We don't know. I'm not afraid of grits. I just put a little salt and pepper, and then I devour them. I was hoping none of us would go for that easy of a joke, and here Darren is. <laughs> These are the guys with the uh, with the shady referee as their manager, correct? Correct. That's correct. That's who grits is. All right, because I still don't know much about them. All I remember is the referee was right. Uh, we were thinking that the whole time, how the hell did this guy get these championship matches, right? So apparently he greased the skids with the commission. Right. I know Tony had something to say with the commission. How did this guy get through? Uh, think of it. The, the steps you have to go through to become an officially licensed professional wrestling official in the state of Florida, 
let's be honest, that's not easy to do. There are several steps that you have to go through. So the fact that this guy was able to just kind of slide through and get these championship matches, he greased the skid somehow and shocked all of us because he was a terrible referee. <laughs> Pretty good manager if he's pulled this off and already you know has, has his team in the uh, in the thick of things here at Fest. Absolutely, yeah. Well, well he knows what he's doing, not with zebra stripes on, but yeah. uh, but everywhere else apparently. Tommy Thomas uh, is his name, and the, the grits are his charge. Uh, Montana Black and TJ Boss, as he introduced us to them, once he revealed that uh, that those zebra stripes were not, in fact, his his, his regular skin. It was all a ploy. He showed his true colors, and they were not black and white stripes. He's he, he's no he's no Frank Gastineau. Well, you know, the, if he's showing his true colors, they wouldn't be white and black because white and black are not colors. <laughs> black is the is actually is technically the absence of colors. Oh my god! <laughs> and white, you see, white is all the colors combined, all uh, the colors of the spectrum uh, at once. Oh god! Oh, it hurts! It hurts so bad, I'm folks. Trying to keep Hey, I'm just trying to keep it factually accurate, and you know why? Because this is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, which Tommy Thomas and all of his fake refereeing would also never do. Right, absolutely. So that leaves us with one question, uh, and that question is, what's in the box, gentlemen? What's in the box? (laughs) Could be Gwyneth Paltrow's head. It could be Gwyneth Paltrow's head. It could be Jason Cade. Uh, it could be, uh... I don't think it's going to be Jason Cade. I... <laughs> hey, quick question for you. Quick question for you. What did you, what did you guys think of the duet that Gwyneth Paltrow did with Huey Lewis way back when? Oh, my God. Uh, you remember? Cruising? They did, oh, they, yeah, they did I cover remember. What did you, you think? I'm curious. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. You mentioned her name. True. Well, Good I'm singer gonna... or not? I know how much I know how much Perry hates Huey Lewis, so... Okay. I don't hate Huey Lewis. I just don't love him. Okay. No, you hate Huey Lewis, so you must have hated. Fine, I hate Huey Lewis. C- continue. <laughs> oh, I, I thought... actually knew you hated Huey Lewis. That's why I brought that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> I actually enjoyed the song. It actually wasn't bad, considering. Considering what? She's not a professional singer. Uh, considering it's Huey Lewis and quite a thousand. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, uh, so it could, yeah, very well it could be uh, her singing career. In the box. Could be. It could be, right? So the box is empty then, is what you're saying. It could be a copy of the single. (laughs) Right. Uh, Could be a number one contendership matchup. My question for you, Rich, is will these tag teams work as hard not knowing what's in the box? Or are they working hard because they have to know what's in the box? Or is this just another wrestling match for them? To to me, it's kind of like... Well, I mean, let's, let's imagine that... All right, let's say it's it's a number one contendership for the tag team titles. Okay. okay. Would you want to work hard for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's see what else. Theoretically, really, what could be in there? You would assume it's that. Or imagine this. Imagine Tony decides to have some fun, and he says, the winning team gets an opportunity at the Fest Championship against Effie, but only one member gets to wrestle. Oh, that'd be the really cool. The other member can't be at ringside. So... How do you, right? Imagine the, the, the fly in the ointment that that could be for, for, for a tag team. So you have to oh, assume yeah. it's something very, very good, something worth having. It won't be something like a six-pack of PBR. And even then, that's not so bad. I like your idea, Rich. Yeah? Yeah, because think about this. 
you could double down on the nastiness and not only make it be a number one contendership for Effie's belt or whomever holds it after this night is over, but actually not make them decide which one of the tag team gets the gets the opportunity, but the next show they have to wrestle each other. Oh. That's how the decision will be made. And then at the next next show, that person fights the Fest champion. Now imagine, though, that what's in the box is, I don't know, uh, it is Christmas in July. Say it's coal in the box. Oh, no. Say it's a big lump of coal. Why would the winners? It's almost like uh, Monty Hall, right? Exactly. What the hell show was that? What was the name of that show? Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Oh, yes, yes. It's yes, almost yes. like that. What's yeah. behind door? Right. What's in the box? Well, you know could, what? Could be a brand new car, or it could be <laughs> a lump of coal. And so now these guys are killing each other. All to your point. That's do my you point. Wrestle? Do you go as hard, not knowing what's in the box? What if what's in the box is a rib? I don't mean a rib. I mean, what if they're ribbing, right? <laughs> what if what's in the box says that the losing team, for whatever reason. Plural. Gets, a, uh, gets an extra 500 bucks for the night. There you go. Sure. Or inversely, the, the whoever opens the box is banned from Fest Wrestling. Forever. <laughs> Just for You can never come back. Gone. Well, Gone. <laughs> what would happen is, because what are the rules? I mean, okay, because here, here's another question. What are the rules of this match? All we know is it's a ladder match that leads to a box. All we've been, all we've been told is a question. What's in the box? Right. So does that mean if you open the box, do you win the match? Are pinfalls legal? So maybe somebody's climbing up to, to get what's in the box. This is fair. Meanwhile, this is fair. I punch you. I you know I knock you out. I pin you. Some do- some dopes are climbing up the ladder to see what's in the box. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've pinned you. I win the match. I don't know what's in the box. I don't get what's in the box, good or ill. Well, but hey, I won the tag team. You know, as, as as Max and I like to say, uh, it's fast wrestling. We play fast and loose with the rules. <laughs> So, absolutely, absolutely. Well, well considering could be anything, anything could happen. That's that's the beauty of fast wrestling. Considering yes. we had the we had the hardcore hunt match, which had uh, the mystery eggs everywhere. Yep. You didn't have to get the eggs to win the match. Inside the eggs were just implements of destruction. So right. maybe maybe what's in the box could be something to help you actually win the match. Actually, I think Darren's question is perfectly valid. Uh, for once, uh, or maybe it's a can of PBR. It could be a can- exactly. Right. Maybe, maybe it's. Maybe I, I, I hope. I hope Leon Scott gets to the top of the ladder. He opens up the large box. It explodes like a Looney Tunes cartoon, <laughs> and, and he looks. What if at, he it's looks- a jack in the box that pops up and knocks him off the ladder? And somebody pins him, and the jack in the box pins him. <laughs> then what happens? The jack in the box pins him, so that yeah, the jack in the box wins the match. Right. What? Right. Then what? I, I mean, I then you have to book a jack-in-the-box. Well, I mean, there's so many potential outcomes based on what's in that box. <laughs> there's no way this match will live up to the expectations that we have built up. Really, the possibilities are infinite in this fucking box. The <laughs> way we're talking about it. Tony, I hope it's something great, bud, because we really, we've raised the bar. We, 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 we threw the bar into the stratosphere, Tony, so I'm afraid you're going to have to really deliver on this one, bud. Uh, but who do you think is going to climb that ladder? Do you think it's going to be Grizz? Fuck, I don't know. What kind of question is that? We're talking about what's in the box. Who's going to climb the ladder? We, we, like, to, we like to predict who, who's going to win the match. Whoever's quicker beats the 
cares? Man. Who fucking cares? Who climbs the ladder? I want to know what's at the bottom. <laughs> Fair enough. Who cares? Who climbs the ladder? Okay. I, I'm, sh- I'm shitting on you. I don't know. I'm just laughing about the box too much. I don't know. Because, again, we don't know what 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 is the outcome. I don't want to speculate on what happens not knowing what happens once you get the box. Absolutely. Right. You, what, you know what I mean? If you, you can, you can, again, you can legitimately get the box and it says you lose. Right. Right. You well, so then who cares who climbed the ladder and got the box? You don't know what's in the box. We don't know. You're going you're gonna to have to come to Gainesville on Saturday to find out what's in the box. Oh, nice. Very nice. Well done, Rich. From there, we're going to move on because I feel like we can talk about that for an hour or so. Um, so we do know the Gymnasty Boys, speaking of tag teams, are defending those Fest Wrestling tag team belts. Uh, originally, they were supposed to be fighting Pow Meow, uh, the team of Alley Cat and Christy Janes. However, Christy Janes was injured, uh, unfortunately. When you have a card this large, people are going to get injured uh, between being booked and the actual show date. That's just that's just the nature of the beast, folks. Uh, but we know the Gymnasty Boys will be on hand. I, they're obviously not fighting uh, these two young ladies. So well, they, they are contractually obligated to defend the championships. Absolutely, I certainly hope, they, I certainly yes. hope so. Yeah. yeah, contractually obligated. So, what do you do? I mean, is Alley Cat get a new partner? Um, I, it, 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 it remains to be seen. Um, Tony was very tight-lipped on on, on what's happening. Um, well, and I, it, yeah, it, it, I, could, uh, it, it could it could be. I mean, who knows? Hey, we do intergender wrestling at Fest. Who knows if it's going to be Alley Cat? Up against the Gymnasty Boys, one versus two. Oh, right. That's that's. A, I mean, that is a that's a tall order. Gymnasty Boys have beaten just about everybody there is to beat in a fest wrestling ring. You could see it happen, or like you said, it's probably more likely she's going to go and try to find another tag team partner. Right. Um. But again, uh, you know, as as far as we know, there will be a tag team match. Uh, again, contractually obligated, Gymnasty Boys uh, ha- have to have to defend the titles. So, uh, my guess would be that Alley Cat goes and finds another tag team partner. So we'll so, find out Saturday. So I don't know that much about Alley Cat. I know she's she thinks she's awesome. a cat. She, she thinks legitimately she's... thinks she's a cat. Okay, well that explains it. All right. Matter of fact, uh, I saw a match of hers once where somebody um, talk about a way to get somebody off their game. They they legitimately took like a box. Put what's, it in the middle of the ring. What's I in the box? What's in the box, Rich? It's not that box. <laughs> okay, okay. They took a box. They put it in the middle of the ring. She got tagged in, and she saw the box, and, imme- and immediately went and just sat in the box. Oh, nice. Oh man. Legitimately, she's a cat. Until she was, I, you know, she was coaxed out somehow. But she legitimately believes <laughs> she's. It, like if somebody comes to show to the show with a laser pointer, she's fucked. <laughs> Wow. Well, I hope she doesn't stand too close to Darren because Darren's allergic to cats. He'll start sneezing around Alley Cat. That's true. That's it is true. true. He he still owns one, but he's allergic to them. Uh, just just yeah. little little fun See, facts for you fans. It's not, it's not smart. It's it's I don't know what that that type of self abuse is all about. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. I'm doing it. I'm currently doing it, but I don't, I don't know why. Well, uh, you self-abuse yourself every night, don't you? Oh, oh <laughs> hey. I'm glad it's someone else making fun of him instead of me. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of Fest Wrestling Gold, uh, the Fest Wrestling Championship is being defended on this night. For sure, we know this to be a fact. Effie is defending that title against Saeed Al-Sabah. And Saeed Al-Sabah has gone through a lot of shit 
to earn this match with Effie. And uh, this should be something. Yeah, he's, uh, he's um, like at the end of the Shawshank Redemption where he, what is that, five football fields full of God knows what. That's what Saeed, Sa- Saeed Al-Sabah has been through to get this matchup against Effie. Well, we know that uh, he's not claustrophobic if he was able to crawl through that tunnel like uh, Tim Robbins. Also, this is now, oh, Andy Dufresne. I couldn't think of his name right until Andy Dufresne. Sorry. Yeah, of course. Tim Robbins is way too big to crawl through a sewage tunnel. He's six yeah, five. I always thought that too. He's six five. I actually saw yeah, the last time I saw Tim Robbins because again I live out here in L.A. Folks, he's I, six five. He's six five. We we were both at a we were both at a concert some years ago. Uh, it was at the Troubadour, which is a small venue, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm six foot four, so I'm a pretty tall guy too. So I, I'm I'm in the front of the audience. I'm right by the stage, and I kind of scan the crowd, and I see the top of people's heads, except for I see an older gentleman wearing sunglasses in the back of the room. And it's fucking Tim Robbins. And Tim Robbins just kind of slowly... This is the tall guy thing. We kind of acknowledge each other because we're these two giraffes with our heads sticking up over the trees. And he looks at me and I look at him. We kind of just kind of have a moment where we're like, we're tall. Can, can, I, can I tell you an interesting story? I had something similar happen to me. Uh, I don't know, about two weeks ago. I was at, I was at a restaurant in Orlando. Uh, I was having lunch by myself. And I look over and I see a, a dude walk in and he's wearing a Faith No More t-shirt. Nice. The band Faith No More. One of the old ones, too, like the green lettering, first album, We Care A Lot, era, maybe second record. Anyway, Ah. one of the old old school ones. And I look at him, huh, haven't seen one of those in a while. And I kind of look at him. I'm like, I know that guy. And I go over. It was uh, uh, Sami Zayn, Remy Sabah. I hadn't seen him since I had seen him since eons ago. And holy shit, Rich, you're still here in Orlando. Anyway, I had a nice nice little chat with him. He had some friends that were in town uh, at the Performance Center who had a tryout. Nice. And so we co- so we caught up for a little bit, and then his friends came, and they had dinner and whatever. But I, I hadn't seen him, and he's, you know, he's, one shoulder is worked on, and now in a couple weeks he's going to get the other shoulder worked on. Uh, great guy. I always got along great with him, and it was just one of those funny things where, I, you know, you're talking about being tall, and he looked. For me, it's old-school rock T-shirts. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen, a, oh, that I haven't also. seen one of those shirts in forever. I've, of course I know the guy wearing that in Orlando, right? So, I, 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 I love sorry. that you noticed the shirt first, and then, oh yeah, it's WWE uh, <laughs> Superstar Sami Zayn second. That's hilarious to me. Oh, that, oh, that is, that, that's fun. But how did we get, ta- oh, we were talking about Tim Robbins crawling through uh, football fields full of uh, shitty drain pipes. And we're, 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 talking about, we're talking about and how Saeed Al-Sabah is Tim Saeed Robbins. Al-Sabah, yes. uh, somehow fighting for a title shot exactly we yes. really get off on a fucking tangent here didn't we well th- this is the whole ref and show we tend to do that <laughs> i don't think saeed's uh struggle to, to to get this title shot was quite as the, as intense as that no 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 when you say he's fine he's had to overcome a lot and prove a lot and in the year it's probably been about a year since we've seen him debut at fest uh night and day and you could tell right out, right out of the shoots that he's he's a talented kid and that he's going to go far. But you know, you always wonder what the uh, I guess what the ceiling is for somebody. And I, you feel like he's barely even leaping at this point. You know All what right. I mean? He's he's got. I, I feel like he's got a huge, huge, huge ceiling. And a win over Effie would. I don't know if he's a champion anywhere else, but that would certainly uh, you know put him on the in the express lane to uh, to success here because we've seen some other fest champions go on to some. Some pretty cool things. Absolutely, I worry about the ceiling for Saeed because he might hit it 
because he does all these acrobatics and all these uh, high flying maneuvers, which I don't I don't know if Effie's used to that. He's he's fought a lot of people that are very much you know grapple you, wrestle you, throw you through a door, or hit you with a chair. You know the Leon Scotts, the Sue Youngs. Um, he just had a match with Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan's not a high flying guy. He's just a he, he's a wrestler. So with Saeed, it, it's it's a whole new ball game. Um, so I'm I'm worried about I'm worried for Effie, a friend of the show Effie. Yeah, I gotta say. Yeah, I, I I really think that this is his. Uh, I don't, you know, you go, oh, it's his biggest challenge, right? But I, you're absolutely right. I mean, he's not used to facing competitors like Saeed. Usually, it's brawlers. We've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen Effie fly off the top rope. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's happened somewhere. But um, it's going to be interesting. Two clashing styles. So we'll see who comes out on top. But yeah, Effie definitely has reason to be concerned. He, you know, the the probability is high that he's not going to leave Saturday night as the champion. I don't know that the smart money is on that, but it's definitely, uh, you know, Saif has, has, he's worked for it. He's got an opportunity, and he's not the type of kid that's going to let opportunities slide by him. No, no, exactly. That, that was my, what I was going to say uh, just a minute ago, was the way that Saif has earned this shot has not actually seemed like a big struggle. It's actually seemed like it has been a very direct path that almost seemed kind of predestined because it, it would just seemed to make the most it make more sense than anything else absolutely yeah i think as long as um i think as long as effie can keep the the wrestling match in the ring and maybe like <laughs> kind of like if, if, if he can keep one hand on saeve i think he's got a, he's got a better chance of winning but once saeve comes off that top rope or or off that top turnbuckle or Effie finds himself on the outside, and Saeed is in the ring, and he comes out and lands on Effie. It's gonna get it's gonna get rough pretty quick. Well, I agree. And the, going back to what we everybody's been saying here about Effie's opponents, and it's not just in Fest Wrestling. You know, if you follow Effie's career, which has just really, really uh, exploded, blossomed in all the very best ways over the last two years, you look at his opponents at Fest and outside of Fest, and you see all the many different styles that he's had to face. But brawling seems to come back, no matter the size, no matter the the organization. uh, It's that indie wrestling grind of, who knows? You're not wrestling. You may wrestle a dozen straight opponents that you've never wrestled before. And and that, that kind of that kind of did you just say straight opponents? Yeah, you you, you said a dozen straight <laughs> opponents. Excuse me, twelve consecutive opponents. Thank you. Thank there you. Go. As I was saying, regardless, Effie's opponents have been a heavy competition for him, and Saeed Al Sabah is going to be no different. It really is going to be interesting to see uh, their different styles uh, collide. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see which way the wind blows with the Fest uh, wrestling crowd. I know that Saif has a huge groundswell of support from the Fest family, but no one, I dare say no one, is more beloved in Gainesville than Effie. I mean, I know the te- the literal, Rich, you and I talked about it that day, the tears that flowed just seeing Effie and Sue Young fight, and then when Effie came out as the champion, I mean, Jesus! There was nothing. There was nothing like that moment. There really wasn't. 
Effie, um, I'm over-exaggerating. He could run for mayor here in Gainesville and do well. Yeah. He is a beloved icon here in uh, in Swampland, Gatortown, whatever you want to call it. Swamp lot? I don't know. That might be Houston. But um, regardless, Effie is somebody who has captured the the imagination and the passion of the Fest faithful and really sums up what Fest is all about. So my gut tells me that the fans are going to be 100% behind Effie. Yeah, there has been a groundswell of support for Saeed El Sabah, but man, oh man, oh man, how do you turn your back on on Effie? Yeah, I, you you can't. Uh, I personally, uh, I'd love to I'd love to stay impartial <laughs> and uh, call it right down the middle, but it's hard not to root for Effie once you're in that camp. It's hard to deny. And I tell you what, the punk rock crowd is not necessarily a football crowd. But the right. fact that a guy from Tallahassee is that over in Gainesville, <laughs> that's an accomplishment in and of itself. For, uh, for those of you who don't, who don't follow college football, uh, dear listeners, he's <laughs> referring to the fact that uh, Gainesville, Florida, that's where the Florida Gators are located. And uh, Tallahassee, Florida, that's where the, the Seminoles, a.k.a. the Knolls, are located. Uh, I, I had to ask him before we uh, recorded um, I'm kidding. I'm from Florida. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but that, that is very interesting. No, if if downtown Gainesville itself had a mayor, uh, I do believe Effie uh, could could possibly run and win it. But he'd have to he'd have to go up against Tony Weinbender, who actually he owns downtown Gainesville. Whenever the fest comes to town, which is coming to town uh, later this year. Whole reference show will be there, folks. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great match, and and the end of the day, you know who's going to win, don't you? Who? The, the fans. fans. Yay! The fans are going to win. So that's it. Should be a great show, Fest Wrestling. Christmas in July too. That's Saturday, July twenty first. What are you guys bringing me? Oh boy, Darren. It is. It is Christmas. It's true. In July. So the, so the real are, question are we, are we is: doing a white elephant. The real question is: What's in the box? That's right. You can have whatever's in the box, Rich. Okay, thank you. <laughs> good, good or bad. Uh, but yes, indeed, folks, Xmas in July, Christmas in July, whatever you want to call it. Uh, July 21st, this weekend, downtown Gainesville, Florida. Get your tickets at festwrestling.com and uh, have a good time. You'll see Rich there. You'll see Darren there. Unfortunately, I will not be there. Living my L.A. lifestyle. It's hard to buy first-class tickets these days, folks. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it, it means you can buy. It means you can fly coach once in a while, Barry. No, I don't do that. I'm L.A. I've, I've gone Hollywood, Darren. So I, I live that lifestyle, and that, that that's uh, what that you've is. Been Hollywood so long ago. Where where can the fans of wrestling find you, Rich? You can catch me weekly on B in Sports, Major League Wrestling, MLW Fusion. Every Friday night, Tony Schiavone and I uh, host the action. An hour of fantastic wrestling entertainment for your viewing pleasure each and every Friday. We don't take a week off. Oh, very nice. Absolutely. We haven't uh, we haven't really talked to you about the MLW stuff. Uh, that's all great. Congratulations. Welcome back to TV. You. Where you belong. It is a lot of fun working with Tony Schiavone. Very, very cool working with him. How does that work, uh, having two play-by-play guys? The first show that we did, we talked about, well, how are we going to do this? And I said to him, of course, Tony, you're the vet whatever you want to do. And he looks at me and goes, I knew you were going to say that. What do you want to do? And I said, well, I don't know. I, 
my idea from day one was to treat it like the very first Clash of the Champions, which I said to him, let's do like you and Jim Ross did, that very first Clash of the... And I'm not comparing myself to Jim Ross or to Tony, but I said, let's try try that method where you had two play-by-play guys who were calling it like a sport. And that's what MLW wants, and that's the way we do it. So there's... I don't really feel like we step on each other's toes. Neither of us are really trying to get over or do anything, any kind of character or heel stuff we are two sports announcers who are calling the match so that, that's excellent that i know that's what mlw wants to to put out there they want to have that different product um and i know from listening to you now for for years and of course getting to know you that's the type uh, of commentary that you can provide anybody who ever listened to tony shivani knows that that's what he provides so that the two of you together that is an interesting dynamic, and, I, and I'm glad that you guys play it that way. It really comes off well. And, and oh, I, I appreciate that. I really do. And the cool thing is is that I'm working with uh, Tony, who is, I don't want to say emulated, but he's he's allowed to be himself, which if you, were, if you watch the early days, 85 to 87, 88, right until he jumped to the WWF for that year, you see a very different Tony Schiavone than you see when he comes back to WCW, where he was tonight's the greatest, you know, the joke tonight is the greatest night in the history of right. of, of our great sport. Right? <laughs> Absolutely, that was, that, and that, that was every. He wasn't that. If you look at that stuff again, that eighty five to eighty eight era, it's a much different Tony Schiavone. And that's not to knock the stuff that Tony did with WCW later, but even towards the later years, he will shit on the stuff that he was putting. Out. He just he he was mentally checked out towards the end. He'll admit that. But you're not getting the overly shilly Tony Schiavone. You were getting as close to. You know, baseball announcer Tony, right? That's kind of well, what. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You, you took, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Those la- those, those late those late nitros when Tony Schiavone is being forced to call a match between Norman Smiley in a football uniform against Terry Funk, who's the president of WCW. I mean, that's about as far away from a guy who is like a legitimate baseball announcer. Right. What he's going to be able to call. And sound believable. I agree. I agree with you. And Tony, if you don't know, he is calling baseball again for the uh, uh, the Gwinnett. They used to be the Braves, the Gwinnett Stripers. I think they are now. So he's their play by play guy. Um, natural baseball. born. Natural that, born. Well, that, that, that's that's what he, from day one he wanted to be a baseball guy. He worked in baseball, and that's how he got into wrestling because the Crockett's owned the Crockett Orioles double uh, A team. I believe they were double A at that point. But Tony had worked in Greensboro. I think it was Greensboro, and then he worked in Charlotte. And he always bugged Francis Crockett, who ran the baseball team, how do I get involved with wrestling? And one day, they called him, he went and he did an interview with Ric Flair, and the rest is history. So, for me, Tony was a huge influence on me growing up. Uh, that Again, that 85 to 88 era for me, for Crockett, for that time, that time period, you know, everybody has a different thing that got them into wrestling. That era, that Dusty Rhodes-Crockett era, is, for me, you can't get any better than that. So, Tony was... You know, along with Bob, I don't want to leave out Bob Cottle because everybody leaves out Bob Cottle, one of the greatest announcers who is who never gets talked about, and completely underrated announcer. But getting back to how we all started talking about this, working with Tony at MLW, um, again, we get to treat it like a sport, and neither of us are trying to necessarily get over. We're just doing what we do. So yeah, and you're doing a great job. Again, uh, we definitely want to, to have our listeners know that they need to listen to you guys on MLW, on BN Sports, on Friday nights, as well as 6.05 on YouTube the following day. How cool uh, is that? 
Six oh five on Saturdays. Tony Schiavone and myself on you right? on YouTube. It's outstanding. Cool. I tell you what, though, Rich, this this I'm going to hold you to. As much as we love to hear that uh, double play by play man sound, uh, and you mentioned Clash of the Champions. Just as long as you don't end up with about 12 commentators like they started to with some other Clash of the Champions, <laughs> where at any time it would cut from Jim Ross and Shivani to Bischoff and Missy Hyatt, and then it would cut to Jesse Ventura and Bob Cottle, then it would cut to Bruno Sammartino, and it would be like, how many and then David And then David Crockett show? would be doing interviews in the back, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, that, was, that, was, that was interesting. <laughs> Missy Hyatt. I'm surprised they didn't do more with Missy Hyatt. We're all the poorer for it. Oh yeah. Well, at least we got to see her make out with Stevie Richards in the ECW arena. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Rich, we thank you again for joining us, folks. Find Rich on Twitter uh, at Rich Bocchini. B O C C H I N I. You asked me that five minutes ago, and I never said it. I know. On it's, Twitter at Rich Bocchini. That's totally fine. Totally fine. Also, check out the JJ Dillon show. Of course, it's great. JJ Dillon. Has some great, great stories about the old days of wrestling, and if you're a fan of old school wrestling, and if you if you are a wrestling fan, you need to be a fan of old school wrestling. Uh, it's always great to hear that, and uh, we we appreciate you again, Rich. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, WWE's Extreme Rules. You want to help talk 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 with us about that? I have to go clip my toenails. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right, Rich. We appreciate you, my friend, and we will talk at you soon. See you at Fest Wrestling. Have fun, guys. See you then. And, of course, we want to thank Rich Bocchini for stopping by. Always nice to have him on the show. No doubt he's looking forward to this Saturday in downtown Gainesville, Florida, for Fest Wrestling's Xmas in July 2. Again, should be called Double Xmas in July. Just saying, Darren. Just saying. But, you know, someone else who's got a lot to say about Xmas in July 2, no doubt, is the Fest Wrestling champion himself, the feminist icon, the golden boy of Grabass, your Fest Wrestling Champion, folks. Effie's on the show. Effie, welcome. You know, I'm, I'm honored at the introduction, but I do have to say, sitting on hold while you talk to Rich Pacini is not the best feeling in the world. <laughs> well, you know, you just can't shut Rich up. We're sorry to leave you on hold that long. <laughs> There's a reason he's on the microphone of the shows, I guess, because he does a lot of talking. <laughs> he does have a lot to say, indeed. Well, are we getting down to the nitty-gritty here? Because i got things ahead of me. Yeah, no, you're a very busy man. Of course, uh, all the fans of our show are probably aware of uh, Effie and the Agent. Very funny series hey. on, on the internet right now. Check it out if you if you have the time. And believe me, folks, you have the time to check it out. <laughs> uh, listen, you know, I had, to, I had to tear down the kayfabe a little bit and let people know what goes on. Because as cool as I may appear when I finally hit the entrance again in the ring, Girl, I can overthink, and I am an overthinker through and through, and so getting to express that a little bit and show my frustrations when I'm figuring out what next ridiculous thing I'm going to try to pull off is really fun and really exciting because a lot of people don't get to see that side of me unless they're seeing me in person and talking to me and realizing that I am uh, a little bit out, out of the box, but Beyond Effie and the agent and the giggles and all the fun, I've still got to deal with Saeed Al-Sabah this Saturday night, and I'm a little fed up. I'll be honest with you guys. I can't. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm not really um, I'm not really excited at this point. I was excited. Listen, I know I'm not letting you get a word in edgewise, but here's the deal. <laughs> I complained enough to Tony at Fest. I said, Tony, I said, stop paying these dummies 
money to come in here and lose to me. Stop flying in these people who you think are big draw names who nobody cares about. Your Joey Ryans and your Sue Youngs and your Leva Bates, and they've all got stuff to do. That's great. Go do it. I want some fest guys. I want some fest people. I want some fest blood. So he said, fine. You get the fest guys. We're going to do a number one contenders match. It's going to be Serpentico. It's going to be Saif Al-Sabah. One of those two is, is going to represent fest well enough to be able to step in the ring with you to challenge for that title that you've held for so many days since February. I said, that's wonderful. I even got to go in there and do commentary. And Rich will tell you I was laughing while these two were beating the crap out of each other. Because I was like, my God, am I so important that you've got to take a chair shot to the face and go through a table and take 17 finisher moves before you can actually get to me? Like, go ahead. Beat each other up. Sit there bruised up before you actually come into my ring. Because I would love nothing more than to just pin you after three minutes and go home. We, we would not uh, dare speak ill of uh, the Sue Youngs, the Leva Bates, the Serpenticos. These Look, are all... It's not, a, it's not even a it's, a... it's not a speak ill. It's a... Why are you spending so much money to watch them lose? No, <laughs> it's, it's more so because the, the, these are all friends of the show. These are all hashtag friends of the show. I think you are the... Hashtag best friend of the show, Effie. But I would be remiss if I did not point that out. So we love all these people equally. We do understand that uh, Tony Weinbender has been throwing a lot of uh, big names, quote-unquote, people who have uh, very big followings, the Joey Ryans, the Leva Bates at you. So now you have to fight just a hard-working wrestler now in Saeed Al-Sabah, who defeated Serpentico for the honor of of fighting for that Fest Wrestling Championship. And here's where I say, kind of. Ooh. <laughs> so, you know, I was really excited. Me and Saif go back. We talk a lot. He speaks in riddles all the time. It sounds like you're just, like, reading a book of what you say if you're trying to join a protest. And that's cute and great. And I'm excited for the match. And I cut a promo for the match. We're going to do a big video for the match. We want to get people pumped on the match. Nothing from Saif. Let me tell you the first thing I heard back from Saeed after he became the number one contender. You ready for this one? Ready. Go for it. That he signed with Evolve. Oh, really? How cute. Let's be clear here. You guys want the real shade. You want the real shoot. You know it. WWN is a big company. They've got Evolve. They've got FIP. They've got ACW. It's a wonderful place for guys to sign contracts and then they don't really do anything with them. You've got guys sitting in Evolve who are never going to really get over. The WWE uses it like a tepid hot tub so they can just sit guys in there and make sure that they can handle a schedule. They want you to sign an exclusive contract deal so you don't appear on TV for, what, a buck fifty a pop? The only contract I would ever sign is one that pays me as much as I make now, and they can't do it. It's this big jazz game of... Oh, we signed a contract. We signed a contract. Go home, Mark. That is the oldest game in the book to get you to put your name on something and get you to agree to to having to be a part of all their shows. Nobody in Evolve is drawing. Evolve as a name is drawing. It's the same thing as WWE. But you look at the WrestleMania weekend card, right? Matt Riddle ran a show, drew 3,000 people. Joey Janela ran a show, drew probably 4,000 people, more in there. What did the Evolve shows get that WrestleMania weekend? You want to guess? It was about 350. 350 in the door. Wow, what a card. 
It's not even that they were using different people. It's just that people don't care at this point. You look back at Evolve 33, 34, 35 when it was in its hot streak, and you had you know your Rich Swans, you had your Ricochets, you had your Drew McIntyres, you had you know all these guys who've become something so much more. And you look at the Evolve card now, and I couldn't give a crap. So good on you for signing your life away. I think that's wonderful, and I think it shows where your head's at. I'm holding the Fest belt because what Fest is is DIY, and it's punk, and it's get out there on your own, and I don't need to rub elbows with Gabe Sapolsky, and I don't need to try to go shake William Regal's hand again. I don't need any of that crap. What I need is to put my feet on the ground, to hold on to a championship that says this is what we do out here outside of the corporate gig, and for Saeed to be talking such a big revolutionary game and then sign up with the big dogs in the yard, girl, that is the embrace of commercialism, and I don't think it's cute at all. And especially when you can't even make time for a match that to me is extremely important. The main event of my July is Saturday night, okay? It wasn't the IPW reunion show. It wasn't doing double duty for FIP off a contract, which is another WWN show. It wasn't going to Atlanta and being the star of Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, stealing the show out from the main event featuring Eddie Kingston. It's not going to be next week when I debut in Chicago for freelance. It's not going to be the day after that when I wrestle in a church. It's not going to be the day after that when I'm back in Atlanta stealing the show again. No, it's Fest. Fest is my main event, and I expect my competitors to come in with the exact same respect for that event that I have. And that's not what I'm getting here, folks. Wow. Dear listeners, you hear it. I mean, you, this is straight from the champ's mouth. I mean, this is this is some shade. This is some fire. This is some truth. But this is, uh, this is the real revolution, isn't it, Effie? Here's what it's come down to. I used to be able to, like, really think out what I was going to say. And now... My calendar's so full, my days are so busy, my weekends are driving and driving and wrestling and driving that I don't have the energy left in me to waste on thinking about if I'm going to offend someone, thinking about if I'm going to say the wrong thing. So the facts just come out now, and what a wonderful, freeing feeling that is. Oh, for sure. And I mean, and that's what people want to hear, because you've been put into a corner. You have been painted into this corner what else should anyone expect except for you to come out of that corner swinging? And no one puts Effie in the corner. It's true. I mean, look, here's what I'm dealing with. I've got a target on my back at all times. You've kind of hinted towards that, you know, being put into a corner. Here's what I dealt with last weekend. I took chair shots to the head from a jackass and then had to go wrestle the next day. Did not even know where I was in this match. Did not even know where my footing was. I'm here coming to the PWX event at Hebron Hall, where we're going to be Sunday again when PWX faces Fest, and we can get into that. And I've got to deal with the fact that I don't really even know where I am because people try to attack me, because people try to put me in a position where I'm going to fail, and people try to force me to fail through outside measures. And it's exhausting to have to know that every opponent you go in there with now didn't give me the time of day six months ago, didn't give me the time of day a year ago, the promotion laughed at me a year ago, and I've scratched and clawed my way into everybody's position where they cannot ignore me anymore. But the problem with them not ignoring me is the fact that they're all coming after me. I'm holding oh, yeah. the belt for a promotion that gets a lot of flack because they do things differently. And I, I represent the fact that they do things differently because I do things differently. And they're all coming after me. Hey, 
as long as the, uh, they're booking you, that just shows their desperation to really have you. They're, they might uh, give you flack for it. They may pretend not to love who you are and what you are, but they're booking you because they want to feed off of your exposure and your lightning. Exactly. And, you know, you take somebody like Gabe, who I mentioned earlier, who two years ago wouldn't even come near me, said he didn't understand me, said I was I was too outside of the box, said I was too reaching in my gimmick. Girl, it ain't a gimmick. That's just me. And now WWN is using the FIP brand that they're trying to rebuild. The two years ago would have been a big deal for me to get the booking. Now they're bringing me in because they need people in the door. And what's happened since they started booking Effie? People started showing up. The first FIP show I did, there's maybe 50 people there. Let's be honest. Now, I did it last weekend, you've got 120 people paid through the door. Am I saying it was exclusively me doubling sales? No, but I am saying I was the most over person in the building, and the review sheets that come out afterwards are still doing their best to ignore me. I worked two matches that night, and they're still trying to pretend like Austin Theory is a bigger deal than me because he's holding their crappy belt. Who cares? It's the Effie show now, people. It's the Effie show. And if you can't get on Effie's level, then you will be left in the dust. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, And it certainly is the Effie show, especially in the world of Fest Wrestling, where you are Fest Wrestling champion. Well well deserved, well earned, by the way. You went through a lot of shit to get that prestigious title. And uh, as far as I can tell, you're doing your best to bat away any, uh, any usurpers to your throne. Um, so you're pretty Darren, confident. I don't, want, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but you were at the last show, weren't you? Oh yeah. You've seen Joey Ryan flip some people with his dick before, haven't you? <laughs> uh, I've seen it a few times, just a few times. What happened the first time he flipped me with that dick? Do you remember? I'll tell you, I stood right back up and do you know what happened immediately after the second time when I grabbed his dick? I stood right back up. And then the third time he flipped me backwards with his dick. Do you know what happened? I stood up and I yelled in his face. <laughs> I'm a different breed, baby. They ain't ready for me. No, they, they, they really aren't. They, and, and yet, they think they are because they're booking you. Yeah. Like you said, you, do you have to do as much thinking about what you're going to say? Or is it just uh, a knee-jerk response? You don't have to say anything. Your calendar is speaking for you at this point. Oh, isn't that lovely? God, I, it is. I, mean, I remember we I mean we talked to you a year and a half ago and you were every bit of who you are now and but it, this conversation was a very different conversation. You're and, right. And you know what's crazy is even though that, that calendar is booked, that calendar is filled, I'm still turning people away because I have what is called standards. Oh. That's why I'm still turning people away. They try to half your fee, or they try to say they're not going to pay for your transportation. They try to do all that. All these little promotions who think they have history with you. Baby, when you're on top, they're either going to pay the, pay the piper, or they're going to walk to the side. And a lot of them are walking to the side. You compare my year over year, you look back through all the events I've done, there's certain people I'm not going back to because they can't keep up. And they, they, they want me to still show up for the 2015 gig price, and that's not who FE is now. I can pick and choose, baby. That's fair enough. I mean, obviously, your uh, your star is shining brighter and brighter as as the months go by, as the days go by. 
Um, but sometimes because you're involved in one organization means you must get involved in another organization. By that, I'm talking about Fest Wrestling as they take on PWX Wrestling. That's actually happening this Sunday, the day after Fest Wrestling, uh, Xmas in July 2. Uh, you're actually fighting the PWX champion, Ethan Case. Let's, uh, let's hear about that. Well, and I specifically told them, I said, look, you guys can go all night and make this a champion versus champion match, and everybody's going to think there's going to be a big schmoz deal. We don't involve the titles at all. I just want to know who's the best. Put me with Ethan. Throw the titles to the side. Let's put the pride on the line. Let's see who the better man is. Let's see who comes out on top. Is it the PG superstar Ethan Case? Let me tell you about Ethan if you're not familiar with him. He's always holding his baby. He's always dancing around in some streamers. He's always got a smile and a thumbs up. He's he's not what Effie represents, and that's fine. And I think the PWX people are so excited about Fest getting to come up because you've seen, if you've watched, a lot of the PWX people have been coming down. They've been making eight-hour drives to Fest. They've been sneaking into Fest because it's like nothing they've ever seen before. And PWX puts on some really good wrestling. They've booked me to come in and wrestle. They've booked me to face White Mike. They've booked me to face Man Scout Manning. They've booked me to face these people in ladder matches and Royal Rumble matches. But they're a PG family product, and they finally had the cajones to open it up and say, look, we know what the people really want. What the people really want is some off-the-walls, batshit crazy, wild fun. Let's bring in the Fest guys. Let's put our guys against it. Let's see what happens. And there's there's a warning put on the door because PWX fans aren't used to what Fest is. And we're going to blast the doors down, and we're going to throw the biggest party of the summer, as they say, the biggest violent party of the summer, as they say, Sunday afternoon in the middle of Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, th- thank God if, if it's a family show, if it's more family-oriented wrestling, thank God Joey Ryan's not booked. Because the one time Tony had a, quote, family family wrestling show in St. Augustine. The very first match was Joey Ryan. The very first thing you hear is, ding, 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 grab my dick. <laughs> He's this well, front know, row of six-year-olds. Because the other thing I saw was, you know, an eight-year-old girl with a sign that says something about the gymnasty boy's yams. <laughs> the people know what they're getting into. And, you know, kids nowadays don't follow the rules. They've got YouTube. They've got the internet. Most kids have a Twitter before they turn 10. So, You've got to look at a different generation of people and say, look, the times they are changing. Your morals have shifted. Your views on life have shifted. Let Fest give you what real world wrestling is right now in 2018. Absolutely. And that's exactly what Fest is doing. And Fest has done that, I think, since the day they hung out their shingle, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And what these kids are doing is they're plugged into their social media. And the social media is, you know, the revolution may not be televised, so to speak, but it will definitely be Twitterized. And it's not the place for me and Perry to uh, to, to degrade or put down any uh, specific promotion. So we're obviously going to steer clear of that. I'm talking about other organizations. <laughs> unless it's WWE. Are... Sorry, go ahead, Derek. <laughs> yeah, unless it's WWE, right, right. Uh, but to speak to your point, Effie, about uh, organizations that are afraid to book you, or they're afraid to book you uh, as who you are, or they don't know what they're dealing with, they are missing out on the on about three different generations of people that are now tech-savvy enough to follow you, whether these promotions are hit to it or not. Yeah, and I have to have conversations with certain companies, and... You know, they say, "Well, you can't do this, you can't do that." I had a promoter come to me to the side, and he said, "Well, you can't, you can't go out there and curse and do all this." Listen, if the money's right, hashtag Effie works clean, baby. 
Effie will work any PG family promotion. I know you guys have seen me work PG family promotions, and I can do it, and I'm subversive enough to where I can still have my fun and almost have some more fun because I, I, I have to come up with creative ways to sort of mask uh, the perversion a little bit. And I think there's interest in people who are there, who are adults, who know what's going on, to kind of figure out what's going on beneath the surface with a PG version of me. But still, when people get the opportunity to bring me in and let me just do whatever the hell I want to do, they're going to have even more fun because the ropes are off. You know, that's the what the devil... are, are unbound. Well, that's the thing. That's what they're paying for. If they're going to pay to have you on the show, then you need to be as you as you can be. Otherwise, they're shortchanging themselves. Truth. But try explaining that to them sometimes. <laughs> they, they really rely on those child tickets, and they worry that if the kid hears a bad word, he... Uh, he might not be the same again. Wrestling ruined another child. <laughs> That's true. People's lives are often completely redirected by a single swear. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though, that you say that about uh, forcing you to um, to PG up the subversion and figure out a creative way to still get the sickness across, if you will. Um <laughs> It's like it's like uh, putting Ren and Stimpy on Nickelodeon instead of MTV. It's like we're gonna watch the completely obscene adult cartoon here, but it's just PG enough to get by the censors. Speaking of kids, Effie, you've had a issue with a certain kid, a certain well-known wrestling fan kid by the name of Izzy. Care to comment on that? Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest. Since the match is official now, I feel like I can speak a little more to it. Um, I'm fighting a child, okay? I'm fighting an 11-year-old girl. It was bound to happen I one did. day, Effie. <laughs> well, it's bound to happen for all of us. I think everybody's expecting kind of the Kenny Omega, oh, this is a gag. What a wonderful match they had. But let's be real. The footage is out there. This girl kicked me in the head unprovoked. Oh, I saw. Okay. And I, I let things go. I've been kicked in the head enough in my life to know that that's not the biggest deal in the world. But she kept going around and bragging to people. I like, kicked this Effie guy in the head. I kicked Effie in the head. I'm training in MMA. I train with Santana Garrett. I'm a real wrestler. And what she really is is you know, kind of a parasite because she's been sitting at the front row of NXT trying to mooch fame off people and sell crappy T-shirts since, since what, 2016, 2015? Um, And if you want to step in the ring, it's a little different than, you know, sitting in the audience. And it has to be because, you know, back in the day, they'd break your arms and break your legs. And it's a little different now where it's, you know, everyone come train, give us $3,000. We'll teach you so much. Um, And, you know, she's fallen into that a little bit. She's going to go get her training. And she wanted to talk some shit. So I said, well, Izzy. Uh, you made the first hit. Come step into my ring. And listen, I've got this Team Hammerfist internet title right now, okay? It's a fun title. I get to do whatever I want with it. I can take it anywhere. We can goof around. It's 24-7. I said, you know what? Come win a championship. Come step in the ring with Effie and win a championship from him. You're you're a big bad girl. You know, you, you like Bailey a lot. Come hug me to death or whatever you want to do, and you can have my championship if you could beat me. And she bit right hook, line, and sinker on the deal and uh now she's gonna step in the ring with me and i'm not playing games i'm i'm gonna put a child down (laughs) (laughs) that that may be my my favorite sentence ever uttered on this show and on all all 93 episodes that that may be it right there dan well it's the damn truth (laughs) it's it's terrifying i'll say that much it's terrifying i'm gonna put a child down i'm gonna put a child down 
you got to teach it a lesson because, you know, it's just going to keep running its mouth and showing up at tapings and telling everyone it's a wrestler now. I'm not just a fan. I'm a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. I've been training. Nobody cares. Nobody cared when you were in the front row. Nobody cared when you showed up and kicked me. Uh, it's a lot of, like, weird pervert old dudes who follow her on the Internet. And uh, not only am I putting the child down, I'm going to put them down, too. Because... <laughs> You know, I've got weird fans. Don't get it twisted. I get a lot of weird people, and they love me, and I think it's great. I'm weird, too. We're all weird. But, you know, to follow a child on Twitter and really, you know, encourage it to go fight men is very strange. And I don't know what they're really looking for in this. So I figure I'll give them the ultimate conclusion, which is I'm going to beat a child up. (laughs) Well, you know, they say uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. What does that mean? (laughs) <laughs> I, will leave, I will leave that I'll leave that to our listeners to decide I'm not using a rod I'm probably going to use a chair <laughs> well I'm, I'm I'm sure we're all looking forward to the uh, the, the conclusion of this match uh, my, my vote is for Effie I will say a big fan of his no offense Izzy uh, however someone else you have some uh, heat with these days in the wrestling world uh, who is not a child I'm pretty sure uh, he is not a child uh, Francisco Siazzo yeah, that's his name. Let's open up this can of worms. Um, I think people have been a little uh, a little on edge with this dude because he said some things that I guess could come across as pretty homophobic. You know, calling me twinkle toes, calling me a little diva boy. You know, he called me a twink because he doesn't know what that is. <laughs> so I just kind of let him roll with it. And, you know, we had, we had I guess, uh, I'm going to say quote-unquote match at FIP a few months ago where... I got in the ring, and he started donkey punching the back of my head. I said, okay, this is cool. Um, He's one of those old-school guys, so the only conversation we had was, hey, well, you know, see you in the ring, brother. You know how they do that crap. And we got out there, and he just started throwing punches and was so out of breath after five minutes. I was like, I'm done with this. You know, (laughs) I held him off me for a little bit. He got some hits in. I'm not going to deny that. So then they put us in a hardcore match and said, you know, do you want to do this? I said, yeah, I'll do a hardcore match with him. So, you know, last Saturday night, I – beat the shit out of him he got six stitches in his mouth he got one of my um you know the jacket is spiked and people always ask me why i don't use it as a weapon look up this footage if you have wwn subscription or whatever i put the jacket over the man's head and just started kicking the shit out of him and one of these little spikes punctured the back of this old man's head oh wow Uh, with that being said he did handcuff me to the outside of the ring and Gave me, I think, three chair shots to the side of my head, which I believe caused a mild concussion because I did not know where I was the next day in my match. I was fine up until the match. I was fine when the match started, and then everything kind of went woozy-woozy. You know, I don't know where this is going. I don't really need it to go anywhere because he's still talking a big game. He's telling all his friends, you know, look what I did. But this is ultimately what comes down to it is it's everybody wants the Effie rub right now. And unfortunately, that rub sometimes comes with a little bit of blood. So... I've got to deal with people like this who I don't know when I'm getting in the ring what's going to happen, unfortunately. And I kind of have to have my guard up a little bit more than I usually have because people are coming for blood. And you look at a guy like, you know, Frankie Chiazzo, and he's never had much success. He's training at WWN now. He calls himself the king of Florida. If you're in Florida Indies, you've probably seen him somewhere. You've probably had him come out to the ring and you've said, God, can this be over? You know, it's kick, punch, flick somebody off back to the business, and he wonders why he's never gotten further than he has. You know, it's a guy who's still driving to Nashville for 80 bucks because he, you know, does the drives and makes the towns. So I would be a little mad at me, too. 
Uh, I come out, I'm flashier than he is, I have more character than he has, I have more charisma than he has, and I don't have to do as much as he does, and people like me, and no one has ever really liked him. And I think that bothers him in a way that causes violence, and I was the subject of that violence, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, Would I do it again? Yeah, because I got some pretty good swings on him, but I'd probably wear a helmet, if I'm being completely honest. I've been real, I've been following this pretty closely, because... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna describe what I have seen. A lot of uh, the reaction uh, seems to have been, and I'm gonna lump myself into it. To be perfectly honest, I mean um, we've gotten to know one another uh, quite well over the last couple of years, and even I found myself at a loss as as this whole thing began to escalate between uh, between you and Kiatso. Because I found uh, I found myself really lost in the blur, and I think you know what I mean when I say that. Like, yeah, I, I found myself lost in the blur. Somebody came up to me after that match Saturday night, and they said, "Man, that match was really exciting." I swear to God, they said this. They said that match was really exciting, but the finish was extremely confusing, and it upset me. And I said, "There wasn't a finish. The dude handcuffed me and hit me with a chair." Until I was done on the ground, like people had to pull him away, like not a work style. So I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I was like, oh yeah, well, um, that's how it happened. You know, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to somebody when they say, oh, the ending was very confusing and upsetting. I was like, for me too. <laughs> Obviously, you know, you go out there and you just don't know what you're going to get with people. And so yeah, the ending was upsetting and confusing, and I was just as upset and just as confused. And then had to drive nine hours to Charlotte feeling like, you know, I'd gotten hit with a chair, which I had. And a lot of people say, well, you know, your chair shots, y'all put your hand up and it's fake and them chairs ain't that hard. You know, take one of those to the side of the head because it's not a it's not a joke, man. And it's not something that's safe and it's not something anybody should be doing. And I don't know how Mick Foley is still walking. And yeah. I dealt with that crap and it sucks. And it sucks because you have a match the next night with a dude like Slim J who's worked ROH, who's worked all over Georgia and Carolina's who's really underrated and really good and you don't even know where you are. And so it's, it's, it's this chain effect of things that happen and it sucks to go up there and have people in the audience who have paid money because Effie's here and they want to see Effie and they're wearing Effie shirts. And I don't even really know where I am and I can't, you know, perform in my capacity. So do I have a lot of, a lot to prove Sunday stepping back in the same building after having such a debacle last week because of Francisco Giazzo? Yeah, I totally do. And I think Ethan Case is going to face something that, you know, he's not exactly expecting. So hopefully, you know, there's a little redemption there. But I'm a human being at the end of the day. And sometimes shit happens. And sometimes you get hit with a chair and it wrecks your whole weekend. And it's a mess. So things were obviously a bit blurred for Effie as well. But that was probably more so the mild concussion he suffered uh, at the hands of Francisco Siazza. So, I mean, Absolutely. I, as you can see, folks, Effie's got that full plate, but uh, he's eating it one bite at a time. And uh, his next bite will be this Saturday at Fest Wrestling, Exodus in July 2. Downtown Gainesville, Florida. Get your tickets on festwrestling.com. Effie, we're looking forward to it. We're pulling for you, bud. You know we are. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me back on here so I can talk a little shit. Oh, no. You're always welcome. And while we're at it, tell our hashtag dear listeners where they can find Effie online. You can find... This is, this is real uh, fitting to the conversation, isn't it? It's at Kill Effie. 
because all these boys are trying to. The kids are trying to kill me. The grown men are trying to kill me. The vets are trying to kill me. The signees are trying to kill me. At Kill Effie, baby. Come follow me and get into my world and uh, hang out with me for a little bit. Nice. Hey, they're trying to kill you, but you're still standing and you still got the gold around your waist, man. As of now, I do. Good Lord. Let's see what happens Saturday. I'm ready for anything. And I'm, I'm coming in a little angrier than usual. <laughs> Um, you know, I've been angry before and I complained a lot before and, you know, stop paying money and flying these people in. But now I got a dude who can't even cut a promo, can't even call in to sell the show, can't even put the show over more than a post on Instagram. That's a weird selfie of him. You know, speaking in riddles is cute. It's adorable. Go find the revolution and, uh, stick that nose right into the NXT pool system. Pray for the best, but you got to get through me first, pal. Damn, that is that is some tough words. Right? Oh, a tough man. I mean, I just... Damn, can this show happen right now? <laughs> oh, it's, it's going to be real, man. Just just prepare, Darren. We're going down a, a wormhole. Yeah, oh. this is going to be a fucking fight. And uh, I'll be there, man, if you need me. Tag me in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the final words have been spoken. All that's left is the fight. And we'll see you guys on Saturday. After good luck, bud. Thanks, man. The WWE Network aired the Raw and SmackDown code-branded network special Extreme Rules on Sunday, the 15th of July, 2018, live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, PA. Pittsburgh, huh? City. The Steel City. Extreme Rules. You know, Pittsburgh, not too far from Philadelphia, the home of Extreme, of Extreme Championship Wrestling. And uh, WWE, they don't really, uh, well, uh, they don't really uh, live up to that. Um, this is a—they're—they're they're trying to preserve a legacy here. This is like uh, when your kids want to impress the parents and say, "Look, I can do it too, Daddy," or "Look, I can do it too, Mommy." Like that's what it seems like. Like little six-year-olds going, "I'm extreme," and you go like, "Oh, it's cute. That's cute." Uh, oh, that—that's cute. That—that's—that's uh, that, that's just absolutely. Uh, adorable. Um, I'm sorry you are not the Sandman. <laughs> yeah, really. Go back and watch any Sandman or New Jack match, and then watch Extreme Rules and tell me tell me what's lacking. What's lacking is WWE approval. WWE sponsored Extreme Wrestling because there are people on this card that could do it. Oh yeah, that have done it in oh, different yeah. organization. I mean, God, watch Kevin Owens and El Generico in ROH. There's some gnarly, hardcore, extreme wrestling that you'll never see. Well, actually, I, I speak too soon. We, we, we'll talk about Kevin Owens, actually, when we get there uh, on this card. On this night, he, he has his moment. He does have his moment. He sure does. But let's get into it. But first, let's get into the non-wrestling show that is Extreme Rules by talking about the pre-show. Uh, where we saw Andrade Cien Almas take on Sin Cara. Uh, it's not my favorite feud in the world, but it has led to some pretty decent wrestling. I'm enjoying that aspect, yeah. Well, it's it's Lucha Libre. Yeah, man. Uh, and Sin Cara is, is, is more than capable. Almas is outstanding. Took me a long time to realize that. I but recall. It is true. I recall. And Zelina Vega, man, she is, she is cunning. She's a really great uh, manager, I think, because uh, she, she can definitely talk the talk, and she can even walk the walk. Almas and Vega have a bright future if, if 
it plays out the way that it should. We'll we'll have to see. There's so so much for WWE to to make go wrong. Oh, absolutely. I can only hope that they don't. But Almas wins the match. Almas goes over on Sin Cara, and that is how we start the evening from Pittsburgh. Moving on, but still on the pre-show, the New Day take on Sanity. And again, why would you have the most extreme match be on the pre-show of Extreme Rules? I'm still scratching my head over that one. But uh, cool cool situation here. I like that Sanity's feuding with the New Day. It gives the New Day some fresh people to fight with. You know they're fucking tired of fighting the Usos and getting devastated by the Bludgeon Brothers. So it doesn't leave you much for the New Day to work with. So thank God this trio shows up for them to do battle with. Not only is it fresh meat, but it's another trio absolutely like that's a big deal the trio of eric young killian dane and alexander wolf you got the crazy canuck the even crazier kraut if you will <laughs> and then um dane is he is he irish or scottish uh he is he is definitely from the british isles and he is he is a monster i think uh <laughs> Uh, more than once we've described him as a as a ham that <laughs> fell on the floor <laughs> and got covered in dirt and hair. Speaking of and, which, speaking of which, have you noticed anything about Killian Dane? They make him wear a t-shirt. Uh, see, that's a crime. All right, man. I don't make the rules, but I just I make the observations. You're not wrong. I know. But this is the only time where we had. Uh, a different set of opinions here for our head-to-head. Head-to-head. Because my money was on Sanity, you know, we call that smart money, and your money was on the new day. Who won the match, Darren? Sanity won the Yay! match. Yay! Not only did Sanity win the match, that means that Perry won the head-to-head. Head-to-head. See, that time the head-to-head... Head-to-head. ...was where it was supposed to be, folks. That's right. For those of you early birds who caught our last episode really early in the day, there was some couple. There were a couple of technical errors, which I do apologize for. Uh, they were fixed, but if you got the original upload of the episode, you got the not so great uh, version of the episode. Apologies, there, folks. Hopefully, it won't happen again. Uh, I can't promise that, but uh, we do acknowledge that mistake and we move on from it. We learn from it, Darren. And Darren will learn from losing this head-to-head. Head-to-head. Okay, wow. You've now pointed that out several times. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. good for you. Thank your, you. Your congratulations. I uh, am congratulations, yes. So, so you, will, you will win. You will go on to win this because all of our other picks are the same. I will say we did pretty good. We did pretty well. You just, of course, you did, had one better. Did a little better. Okay, yeah. No, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue about it either. Okay. The deleters of worlds, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, your Raw Tag Team Champions, took on the B Team, which of course is Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, formerly known as the Miztourage, and uh, they, they've been so many other things. Bless their hearts. But at the end of this night. Actually, the beginning of this night. Yeah. Here we are still at the beginning. Tag team titles on the line. Now the B team, now the thing they're known as, is the Raw Tag Team Champions. Yeah, pretty big upset here. No one expected them to beat two former WWE heavyweight champions. But they did. 
Yeah, um, you know, I, I found myself thinking how interesting it is to see the uh, Rotundo brothers on opposite sides of the ring from each other. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's a well-known fact, but a, a very seldomly advertised uh, fact. The, the fact that Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas are brothers. But uh, interesting, interesting to see on this night. I don't like this. I don't like this result. I don't like the B-team. I've never liked Curtis Axel. I feel that he has been done wrong, and I feel that uh, the best thing that ever happened to him was the Miz Taraj. Um, I think the worst thing that ever happened to Bo Dallas is dropping his Bo Leaf gimmick. But that's a, that's an argument for another day. They do win the tag team championships, and good for them. Absolutely. That takes us into a match between Finn Balor and the newly dubbed Constable Baron Corbin, which I hate that everyone's calling him Constable Baron Corbin as if they've always called him that. That's really fucking irritating to me. Also, at this point, you have to drop the Baron and just call him Constable Corbin. It's easier oh, to say. No, but I don't like that. I don't like that at all. But it rolls. That's- it rolls. I don't like him call- them calling him Constable at all, Darren. But if you're going to do it, you're going to have to shorten it to just Constable Corbin. He's lucky he has three names as it is. Uh, no, that's true. It's Surprise! It's not just constable all of a sudden. Right. Surprise! It's not just <laughs> constipated, if you will. Oh, take that! Oh. No, I, I don't like Constable Corbin because it makes me think of Chief Morley, which was by far the worst version of Val Venus ever. But <laughs> Constable Baron Corbin or the Constable? See, there you go. The Constable Baron Corbin. That, that works. The bald head works, and the the, the spruced up gear works. Not enough to beat Finn Balor. Finn Balor wins the match, which, you know, we both picked. That that was sort of easy to expect. Finn Balor, they don't know what to do with him, but they certainly weren't going to have him job to to this heel, this sort of lackey heel that Baron Corbin, the constable, has now become. (laughs) Next up, Carmella, your SmackDown Live women's champion, took on the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. Now, we both picked Carmella. We both wished Asuka would win. Right. I think we knew better than that. Yeah. You know, James Ellsworth, who is back now and at the side of Carmella, suspended above the ring in a shark cage. And uh, you can go on your spiel if you like. About, uh, oh, about how <laughs> I once had to educate you on the fact that shark cages are to keep sharks out, not to put sharks in. Yes, and I knew that. You didn't educate me to that. You just pointed out a, a blunder on my part. I had to educate you. And you are an educator, and you should know better. I don't know what you teach those kids in history class. Thank God you don't teach shark class. <laughs> well, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't teach about underwater bio, marine biology. I like underwater biology better. <laughs> yeah, that, there we go. That, how, stu- how stupid can I sound? Yeah, that's okay. pretty good. Oh, that's good. It's good. I like it. So yeah, we knew Ellsworth would be the main focus of this match, sadly, because Oscar sure as shit is not. Uh, and again, I don't like watching Carmella and Oscar work because it, it doesn't it doesn't work well for me. They don't they don't have good matches together. I don't like the dynamic that Carmella gets in most of the offense on Oscar when they do fight. It should be Oscar beating the shit out of Carmella until Carmella finds a you know a chicken shit heel way to get out of it and win the match. I agree. I agree. And not to mention the fact that Asuka is now on a losing streak ever since her winning streak ended, which, you know, I called from a mile away. 
But uh, we both knew that Carmella would hold on to that belt, and she does. So that's it. We move on. Carmella's still your SmackDown Women's Champion. Jeff Hardy, your United States Champion, took on Shinsuke Nakamura. And, you know, when they first brought him up to SmackDown and they first called him the artist, I thought, I can live with that. And now... I can't live with it. I don't like it. It's the worst nickname. It's like the most generic, pointless, almost not applicable nickname. There's nothing about him at this point that is an artist. I don't, I don't understand anymore, and I don't like it. Well, what's interesting is you hear the artist, you you immediately think of Prince. The funny thing about Shinsuke Nakamura is he actually he actually uh, designed his character. Uh, it's it's half Freddie Mercury, half Michael Jackson. Um, so it's interesting that he's referred to by another name that reminds you of someone that he's not trying to emulate. Uh, so I find that very interesting, and I, I hate it too. And and I obviously I hate how the whole AJ Styles feud went with you know Shinsuke winning the Rumble and getting to WrestleMania and just losing to AJ and then repeatedly losing to AJ. To say, hey, we'll throw you a bone, Shinsuke. You'll fight Jeff Hardy for the U.S. title. And even though he does win this match and now he's the U.S. champion, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? I mean, for fucking fucking AJ Styles might as well be U.S. champion these days, considering he's never in the main event and he is a he is the SmackDown heavyweight champion. I don't understand that. I first of all, if 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 the Universal title and the WWE title were both on television every single week. I would still think that the WWE Championship meant more and was more prestigious, but it's the belt. It is the it is the belt that Dean Ambrose took to SmackDown when they had the brand split. To me, that is the title. Brock Lesnar's title is the bullshit title, especially considering he never fucking defends it. Well, see, you you just made both of my points in one sentence, and, and I agree. The fruit roll-up belt should be the B-team belt because it had to be created after the fact. You mean you mean Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas? Okay, okay, make it true. I'm doing it again, aren't I? You're Uh, doing it again. We're trying to reference the other by (laughs) constantly using the other other as a reference. It's like talking about it's like talking about the main event of WrestleMania six. And continuously referring to Hulk Hogan as a, a warrior. He is an ultimate warrior. Uh, oh, God, no, he's not. Ultimate warrior is that. That's true. The Undertaker's raising Kane at WrestleMania 14. Well, no, he's fighting Kane. He wouldn't. Okay. You get the idea, folks. Well, not only is the Universal Belt the B Belt, but then, like you said, the fact that it just might as well not even exist at this point should make that WWE Championship. All the more important. Right. But it's not. It's not. So, Shinsuke, uh, he hurts Jeff Hardy before the belt. Then he Kinshasa's him immediately and wins the belt. So, Nakamura's the champion. We don't even get a match. This could have been a good match. Now, of course, the argument is uh, obvious. I mean, it becomes very clear that Jeff Hardy was injured. Right. Jeff Hardy is working injured, he's trying to get the belt off of him, get off television, go rehab himself, whatever he needs to do, rest, uh, recoup. And that's fine, that's great. I hope that he is able to repair his body and come back. But this was a cheap way to do it, I think. Because you you t- 
tease the audience with a good match, and then you don't get it. And you do you do Shinsuke no favors either. I mean, and then the Randy Orton gets involved. He does. You know that the way you said about does Shinsuke no favors. They of course, uh, I'm sure the booking team thinks, uh, or the writing team, the television writers, since there are no bookers uh, uh, in WWE anymore. I think they think it is doing Nakamura a big favor because oh, he's such a heel now. Of course, he wants to win this way. It's not good. It's mm. just not good. Nah. But Randy Orton does make his return, and in his return, he, he makes uh, short work of Jeff Hardy. You didn't know why he was coming out. You just, you know. He just remembers he hates Jeff Hardy a lot all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> even, though, even though Jeff Hardy is not the reason Randy Orton lost the U.S. title, didn't he lose it to Gender, who lost it to Jeff Hardy? I don't even know anymore. I don't. I don't watch wrestling anymore, folks. I can't. I can't take it anymore. But nonetheless, <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura is your U.S. champion. I guess that's something for Shinsuke, but it's certainly not the SmackDown Live uh, heavyweight championship. Well, we both did pick this one correctly, so good for us. Hey. Moving on, we have another match that at least has potential to be extreme. It is a steel cage match. Between Braun Strowman, Monster in the Bank, if you will, and Kevin Owens. Now, this is the kind of match, this this, this belonged uh, in the NWA in 1984. The, these guys, a, a giant versus like a, another stout, sturdy man <laughs> uh, in a, you know, in a steel cage, a chain link fence, um, I love I love the premise. I love this setup. I like this matchup. Now, of course, on television and all the lead up, we see Kevin Owens look like a complete worthless coward, and I don't know that I like that because to me, Kevin Owens is better than that. I he's, don't mean he's fight Owens fight. I mean, where's that guy? Where's the fight Owens fight guy? Right, exactly. Yeah. Where's the prize fighter? And Where's we, we had we had that issue when he was Universal Champion, and he was afraid of his own shadow. Like we had a really big issue with that. So, well, you know, this is not a bad match uh, for a steel cage match for two big men, uh, and for you know, how much can Kevin Owens really do? It's like fighting a redwood tree to fight Braun Strowman because Owens is not that big of a guy. Um, so it's really just sort of chopping, you know. Extend, extending my lumberjack metaphor here, uh, it's literally like trying to chop him down. Right. That's about all you can do. You can and using tricks and using underhanded tactics. Of course, we see the handcuffs come into play. There's a couple of weird moments where it was, it was sort of like Kevin Owens should just run out the door, and then it became uh, clear that it was like, you know, even with the handcuffs on. Strowman could step under the rope and step down to the floor. He's tall enough that with his arm raised, he could still be handcuffed to the rope. So I don't know. There were some moments where it just it defied logic, and that looked kind of sloppy. Right. Uh, right. But other than that, really this match served one purpose. Uh, we talked about it just a couple of weeks ago. 20 years of hell, the 20th anniversary of mankind being thrown off the top of Hell in a Cell by The Undertaker. And we get a moment reminiscent of that and what is likely to be a big highlight reel spot, sizzle reel spot for Kevin Owens, uh, at least the rest of this year, if not for years to come, as both Kevin Owens 
and Braun Strowman find themselves at the very top of this steel cage, and then Strowman throws Owens off and through the table at ringside. Thus making Kevin Owens the winner of the match, though, right? Of course, Owens is the winner of the match. So wrestling psychology-wise, why would you help your opponent win the match, obviously? But obviously Braun Strowman's a crazy monster, so he just he just wanted to inflict harm on Kevin Owens. And I said this in our initial head-to-head, head-to-head. that Owens would actually win because Braun would like throw him out somehow. I didn't think out the top. But then you were like, no, they won't do that again because they just had that whole thing where he speared, where, where Rain speared Lesnar out of the cage and that whole finish. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I went with you and said Braun Strowman would just win. Uh, foolish me. I should have stuck to my guns. I should have stuck to my Billy gun, Bark guns, um, and said that uh, Kevin Owens would win because Strowman would do something like this. But who could predict he would do that? Big thumbs up to Kevin Owens for taking this bump. Even though, unfortunately, now we have these inflatable crash pads, which are completely visible. There's no denying that they're there. Uh, The first time I think we saw it was at WrestleMania 32 for Shane McMahon's ridiculous bump off the top of the even bigger Hell in a Cell that Mankind fell off of. Um, But now, I don't know. It cheapens it a little bit, but... I'm not. I don't want to take that bump. So still, no, still a big thumbs up to Kevin Owens. There's no way that feels good. Right, absolutely. We both unfortunately get an X in the column there by going with Strowman. However, an X is a good X. one, right? We need those. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. Does it help us get in the X Men? Because I would take that. <laughs> Next up, the SmackDown Live Tag Team Titles are on the line. The champions, Harper and Rowan, collectively known as the Bludgeon Brothers, who on this night look like a couple of jolly green giants uh, with their green gear, take on Team Hell No. Did you call them gringos? Uh, no. Oh, no, green jolly... gear. Gotcha, gotcha. Team Hell No, Daniel Bryan, still weird that he's wrestling, uh, that he's back wrestling after all this time. And Kane. And Kane, of course, injured earlier in the night by the Bludgeon Brothers. Actually, both Daniel Bryan and Kane were both attacked backstage uh, early, early in the night. Uh, and they actually uh, <laughs> had Kane's leg in a door, and then Harper and or Rowan, I forget which one did it, but like they, they used the sledgehammer to hit the door into the leg. And uh, even though it would have been, I think it would have been Kane's ankle technically, but Kane was grabbing his knee in pain. And I was kind of like, eh, it doesn't make any sense. But, uh, so they're going into this match injured, so you know there's already trouble ahead for these two. Uh, yeah, and uh, Kane doesn't even come out. It's basically a handicap match for the longest time. Eventually, Kane does make his way to the ring, and we do see um, a pretty strong effort from Brian and Kane to take out the Bludgeon Brothers, and I thought that, of course, with a hot tag and with Kane fighting from underneath, we would get that babyface victory, but we don't. No, we do not. Uh, it, it actually plays out the way the heels would envision it, hashtag if wrestling were real. The Bludgeon Brothers retain their tag team championships by defeating Team Hell No. Which is lame booking. Just horrible booking. Why even go through the trouble of bringing Team Hell No back together again if it's going to be ended immediately? 
But I don't think it's going to be ended immediately. I made the comment uh, the night of the show that Brian had brand new full Team Hell No gear on. Oh, okay. He, like he had trunks and knee pads that had flames on them. He had Team Hell No on his kick pads. Like, I mean, I know he's a frugal dude, which means he, he and Bree must be sitting on a mountain of money at this point. But do you get gear made for one night only, especially when it's not WrestleMania? If the company if the company gives it to you, then yes. Yeah, well, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. If, <laughs> you became a spoiled child of cartoon. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what happens. Well, that's what happens when you disagree with me. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So we got that one wrong. We and, did get that one wrong, because to us it only made sense for Hell No to, to go over here. But. Right, and of course we always have to go with no, no, no. We have to. We split, don't we? Because we sometimes, sometimes we know better. Like we know Oscar's not going to win the women's title anytime soon, but I mean, we also know that like, you know, th- th- this makes the most sense storyline wise. And when we get swerved on that one, that's just Vince being a jerk. Uh, so yeah, moving on because the Bludgeon Brothers are still your SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions. Roman Reigns, everybody's favorite, Roman Reigns. Takes on Bobby Lashley. When it Roman rains, it pours, Darren. Uh, when in Roman... I don't know. <laughs> all roads lead to Roman... Wait, that's not a thing. Never mind. All, 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 all WrestleMania main events lead to Roman. There you go. There you go. Um, hopefully not. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for 35. We have no Roman Reigns in the main event. Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley. No, no extreme rules here at all. No, no stipulation. No nothing. Just, Just two, two guys fighting over a meaningless number one contendership to an invisible belt. Wow, that those are harsh words, but that is accurate. That is an accurate statement, folks. It's a hundred percent accurate. I mean, it's a hundred and ten percent accurate. Well, Robert Lashley, he does uh, pretty fine in this match. He actually comes up with a big W. He does. Bobby Lashley wins this match. We both picked him to win this match. This was a no-brainer. Right. Uh, Roman Reigns at this point is is really disposable. Uh, more than anyone on the roster, his win-loss does not matter. Yeah, They're going to do with him as they damn well please at any given time. Lashley, however, walking out of this with strike in the loss column, it would have been very disruptive to his comeback. So we chose wisely and we chose correctly. Lashley comes out on top by defeating Roman Reigns on this night in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Next up, Alexa Bliss, your Raw Women's Champion, Five Feet of Fury, Little Miss Bliss, takes on former friend now, definitely, definitely not her friend, uh, the monster <laughs> among women, Nia Jax. Instagram and Twitter would say otherwise, but yes, yes, they're not friends on TV. I'm interested to see this new season of Total Divas. First of all, to see if both of them are back on it, because uh, I don't think Alexa was uh, saucy enough to for E! Entertainment to be like, yes, let's follow her around some more. Right. She was too polite and quiet and nice. I'm like, I love my boyfriend. I am. I don't stir the pot. My real boyfriend. <laughs> my real boyfriend, not Braun Strowman. <laughs> I wish people would stop thinking that we're actually together, because I feel bad for my real boyfriend, Buddy Murphy. Yeah, are they still together? At this, are they still together? I don't know. If she's smart, she would upgrade. Ladies, am I wrong? 
Ladies, wow, am I wrong? Dude. Ladies, am I wrong? No, I am not. Buddy Murphy. Hashtag ladies, am I wrong? Hashtag ladies, am I wrong? All right. Not to be confused. Not to be confused with my other hashtag, am I right, fellas? Oh, wow. Vote early and vote often, ladies and fellas. Sometimes I'm with you, ladies. Sometimes I'm with the fellas. Me and Bill Bellamy with the fellas. Oh, man, Bill Bellamy reference. Name it on the podcast that references fucking Bill Bellamy. I dare you. Well, maybe Bill Bellamy's podcast. Bill Bellamy may or may not reference Bill Bellamy. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this much. If I were Bill Bellamy, I would not reference Bill Bellamy. Just saying. Fair enough, fair enough. He doesn't want to remind anyone of him. Uh <laughs> You know, he has one of those names that sort of stops being a name. Like that doesn't even sound like a name. That's like a per- that's like a that's like saying Superman or the Undertaker or like that's not a name. You don't even think of the meaning of the name anymore. It's just it's just a sound that your your mouth makes, I guess. So Alexa Bliss it and Nia Jax. No, no, it is. It's just a sound that your mouth makes. Right, right. Bill blew me. Um, so. Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax, again, not a good matchup, not a good wrestling match. You're not going to get a clinic here. Uh, they're not going to hit each other over the heads with, with very, you know, with, with steel chairs and draw blood and kendo sticks and all that fun stuff that we want to see out of an Extreme Rules match. Um, this is just whatever, right? I mean... <laughs> it is. It is just whatever. It is just whatever. I, that's the unfortunate reality here is that it is not uh, extreme. It is not gnarly it is not hardcore it is just a wrestling match and um ronda rousey should be arrested for assault (laughs) and battery right that's the takeaway from this match has nothing to do with alexa or naya it has everything to do with the fact that ronda rousey hashtag if wrestling were real uh in the storyline she is suspended she is not allowed to wrestle by virtue of her being suspended and having purchased a ticket to sit with her husband behind the barricade means she has no more right to jump that barricade than any of the other 12,000 fans in the arena. Not that lime green shirt guy, not any of those other people that are in the front row every time. If they jumped over the barricade, they would be, first of all, they'd have their teeth knocked down their throat. Then they'd be hauled off in the paddy wagon. This is true. This is absolutely true. I'm sure you've heard cases of people who work at a place, right, and they go visit that place on their day off and do something that gets them in trouble, and they get fired on their day off, man. It happens. Have you seen Friday? That's what happened to Ice Cube. Yeah, it didn't happen to me. I remember one time uh, going up to Food Lion, the grocery store, which I was a bag boy, and uh, with a couple of other friends who were also employees – we were all, none of us were working that day. We did, however, go into the back of the store and we messed with the, the baler. Right. You know, where you, like, you bail like all the cardboard boxes and stuff. Right, right. Which I don't even think we were 18, which means it was actually illegal for us to even touch that. <laughs> especially, but especially off the clock. Then I also remember manhandling the produce, playing with like bananas and cantaloupes and a very overtly sexual fashion. Let's say you literally man- manhandling, don't you? You actually molested 
You molested the first... There's photographic evidence. Okay, and, okay. Uh, well, moving on, moving on. We don't want uh, anyone to lose respect for you, Darren. <laughs> he was very young. This wasn't like a year ago, folks. This was, uh, what, 15 years ago? More? No, 15... God. I love how... I love how we up the ante on how old I am every single episode. <laughs> and if we were, if we're telling the truth, when did that happen? That happened over twenty years ago. Right. So you're a bit more mature now, and that's and that's not an age joke. Um, so we moved it on. Yes. And we, we we fondle produce, but you know, in the privacy of our own home. Of course. Alexa Bliss keeps the belt. Speaking Alexa of fondling, speaking of fondling produce. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Alexa Bliss retains the belt uh, like she should. It's sad because Alexa Bliss is the heel and Nia Jax is the face, even though Nia Jax is three Alexa Blisses. It just it doesn't translate well at all uh, for me. As far as a wrestling storyline goes, it's just weird to watch the whole thing happen. I'm, 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 I'm supposed to be nervous that little Alexa Bliss is going to really mess up Nia Jax, and it's like, no... No, I can't. I can't get into that. So I am excited about Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey, though. I am actually excited about that. That that's an appealing matchup. So I, I'm excited to see this this develop. I really, actually, a WWE feud I care about. Well, SummerSlam's just around the corner, Darren. AJ Styles, WWE Champion. Dear listeners, don't forget everything we've already said about him. That title position on the card and respect of the company aj styles with the wwe championship turns out extreme rules uh 15th of july 2018 it was rusev day <laughs> i feel like most days are rusev days hey perry yeah happy rusev day oh thank you so much happy rusev day to you oh thank you very much rusev and aiden english come out and Rusev is going to challenge AJ Styles for that all but meaningless WWE Championship, and uh, they won't do it in the main event. And uh, so close, so close. I mean, it's it's sad enough that the IC title, the Intercontinental title, like like barely even makes the show these days. But you know, the fact that it is now the main event of this show and not this SmackDown title is not the main event. Like, it, I don't know what to be more upset about that all of a sudden the IC belt is the main event or that this still is not the main event. Uh, anyway, uh, it all goes back to the fact that it's not, it, this is wrestling that's not booked by booking. By Absolutely. Bookers. Absolutely. But AJ Styles defeats Rusev. This was a good match, actually. I I, um, I liked this matchup. I These liked are two Rusev, competent wrestlers, absolutely. Yeah, um, Rusev, I mean, he continues to slim down. I think, uh, I mean, who am I to criticize? But um, I think he, he's at the point where he's lost so much weight. I think he needs to, he needs to tighten up again. Um, HDTV is not doing him a lot of favors right now. Now that he uh, he's dropped so much weight... He needs to tighten back up. You know, he used to be like a like a steel drum, and um, but I mean, he looks great. He's just I think he needs to to, to tone a little bit. Right. Um, and it, it's Rusev, always nice telling people who are in better shape than we will ever be that they are not in shape. But it's it's, it's well, funny. It, 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 it's 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 like it's like watching the Olympics and accusing world class athletes of not trying their best. <laughs> oh, I would never do that. He he didn't want it. 
he, he didn't want it enough. I, I could I could tell. He gave up. He gave up 70 laps in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Rusev, you know, he, he ends up giving up here. He does. He does. Literally. But he, he does, he didn't he does want come it. up short. He didn't um, want it. That's why he didn't want it. <laughs> AJ Styles retains the WWE Championship. I like this matchup. I'm glad it happened. I wish it would have happened at the end of the show. Yeah, sure. Why not? Because Lord knows that main event ain't nothing to write home about. But Rusev does lose. AJ does retain. We said that would happen at least. So this uh, this main event, we are here at the main event. And it is for the Intercontinental title. The championship currently being held by Dolph Ziggler, if you can believe that. Right. right. Dolph Ziggler, who is teamed up with Drew McIntyre, if you can believe that. It's. It, I don't. I don't dislike it. I just can't really get a hold of it. I don't know how to interpret it. Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins on paper looks good because these are two good wrestlers. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Dolph Ziggler, the character, but he can he can handle himself in the ring. I, I I know that he's he's competent enough to put a good match on Seth Rollins. Same thing. I'm not really behind him. But he's, he's a very good wrestler. So put them together, it's going to be a good match. First of all, this is a 30-minute Iron Man match, which is not an Iron Man match. I don't care no, it's not. what we're talking Iron about. Man. I think we called it the Aluminum Man match on the last episode or something like that. Because um, exactly. it's only 30 it's minutes. It's just not an Iron Man match, damn it. And man, this is probably the worst booked Iron Man match you will ever see. Even the fans... Or upset, and and you know I jumped on Twitter because like I'm sure people are complaining about this, and yeah, everyone's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Well, I think the most telling aspect, the most damning thing, is how the audience took to treating the end of every minute oh. <laughs> like it was the countdown for the Royal Rumble. Yes, replete with them making the buzzer sound. Yeah. Everyone's and, counting down from 10 to 1, and then they go, 2, 1, and so every minute. So I, I, I think by minute 10, or I guess technically that's, that's you know 20 going backwards from 30, they start doing it. So you hear it happen, and even in the very, very end of the match, you still hear it happen. You know, somewhere in the teens, WWE turned the clock off. <laughs> We could see it at home, right? but in the arena, it disappeared because they thought this will dissuade the crowd from doing that. The crowd began chanting, where's the club? <laughs> uh... And so finally, WWE put it back up on the screen, and they immediately started with the two. Oh, my one. God. So good. This is a conversation for another day, but... I laugh at the people who get angry when the crowd hijacks the show. I mean, is it is it a is it a is it disrespectful? Sure it is, but acting like the fans don't have the right to do that, that's bullshit. Right. Who do you think the show is for? The show is for them, and it's not a free show. They're paying, and they're paying handsomely. They are not cheap tickets. That, that's that's like uh, it's like going to like a, a Billy Joel concert, and Billy Joel yelling at the audience because they keep singing along to his songs or something like that, which sort of happened once, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. 
Um, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm, he was in the right at that time. Um, so yeah, the match itself is, is just horribly booked. I mean, we're 10 minutes in and the score is already three to zero, three to zero in an Iron Man match. Like what? What? In a 30 minute Iron Man. In a 30 minute Iron Man match. I think ultimately it ends at what? Like six and five, maybe something like that. Yeah, I think that was, I don't even I, I, I kind of checked out, like, mentally. Like, this is already the worst shit. Obviously, um, obviously Drew McIntyre played a big role in the very beginning, helping uh, helping Dolph Ziggler out. But no, Rollins got three falls on Ziggler immediately, which made Ziggler look like shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the whole, the whole thing was just so poorly booked. It was. I, uh, this was a bad match. Yeah. And it was the Both- main event! They were confident, and they were like, "Yes, this is going to be a this is going to be an Iron Man match to talked about from years to come." Yes, and we talked about how fucking horrible it was for years to come. And like you just said, yes, these men deserve better, and that's unfortunate. All three of these men deserve better. You know that I, I really hope New Japan lays it on thick and provides some competition for Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon needs to be scared again, or, or something. I don't know. It's disgusting to look at how stacked of a card this is talent-wise and realize we're not going to see matches that we should see. We're not going to see matches that are worthy of WWE pay-per-view. I mean, WWE pay-per-view, sure. Historically, we've seen some bad matches. We've had to watch Gilberg. You know, we've had to watch... Los Bariquas. <laughs> We've seen stuff we didn't like. We had Mike Knox. But <laughs> this is crazy. If you look from top to bottom at everybody that was on this card, the world champions. There are so many world champions in this organization right. and in other organizations. And you realize... When the talent is there, it's not being utilized. It's just sad. It's just so sad. It is depressing. Extreme Rules itself was kind of, meh. And I don't like that because that's kind of the reaction that all WWE shows get from you know the, the majority of the populace online who like to comment and criticize WWE. But this show had a lot of potential, and there's definitely some good matches about it. But that Iron Man match was so bad. And, and had very little to do with Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins. You know, it's not like they missed spots or didn't communicate properly or botch stuff. It was all in the booking. And that, that's on WWE. That's not on them. Well, it's on them because it's their faces. It's them wrestling the match. So it is on them, which is sad. So, anyway, that's Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules. We saw a lot of bloodshed, a lot of barbed wire. Uh, not, not really, none of that, huh? But, uh... As far as, uh, as far as the head-to-head... Head-to-head. ...goes, I went seven and four, you went eight and three. We knew from the, the second match that you were going to win. But I have to say, we did fairly well. We did fairly well. We did fairly well. They made a lot of right calls, uh, as far as, like, who needs to go over. <laughs> not necessarily how they got there, but... Um, a lot of bad calls were made as well. So that's it for WWE Extreme Rules. That is our review. Uh, if you watched it at home, maybe you disagree with us. Maybe you agree with us. You can let us know. How can you let us know? 
There's a lot of ways to do that. Find us on Twitter at Ref and Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We'd appreciate that. Send us a Gmail if you want to, if you feel so inclined. The whole ref and show at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com or or find us on Instagram. That's my personal favorite. That's because I run the Instagram. The whole ref and show on Instagram. Come, uh, let's let's play in the playground of pretty pictures. Lots yeah. of fun to look at. Lots of stories to be told and uh, images to share. Yes, indeed. Folks, we appreciate you stopping by for our 93rd episode. Come back next week for number 94. Uh, well, we're going to talk about Fest Wrestling, our review for Christmas in July 2. Uh, hope, hopefully, Darren will see you there, and uh, Rich Bocchini will see you there, and Effie will see you there as well. We want to thank them once again uh, for taking the time out and uh, showing up on the show. We always appreciate having them, and we appreciate you, dear listeners. And as always, I'm Perry Smith. And I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And I want to see you at Fest Wrestling. Come talk to me. That's right. Uncle Uncle Darren, a.k.a. Uncle Sam, wants you to be at Fest Wrestling. So he'll hopefully see you this weekend, folks. If not, we'll see you next week. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.